just wanted to maim her a little bit. I didn't yeah. want to kill her. Just blow her leg off so she can't run away and she has to give you some information. number seven of the Geekscape Game Podcast, where we're going to talk about a trauma of human, and Derek is going to report my intro again. I'm going to what? <laughs> I didn't say anything. I could hear your, I could hear your thoughts. Was radiating through the screen. <laughs> I, I thought you could hear my laughter, but... That too. <laughs> um, I'm your host tonight, unfortunately, Courtney Dossett, and we have Derek and Mika in Canada. Hi there. Oh, hello. Hello there. And Josh down in California. Hey, everybody. Um, and we're going to talk about um, this game, I guess. Which game? Detroit Become Human, which I've already said. Oh. Um, you just couldn't hear her over your laughter. Yeah, because you were so busy judging me inside that you couldn't hear my words outside. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're going to talk about our overall thoughts. We're going to talk about um, the different storylines for the different characters and then possibly get into Android rights, maybe people rights, Android rights. Do people have rights? Um, Not anymore. Right. Um, So who wants who wants to start? Should we let Mika go first since she's our guest guest? She's itching to talk about this game. Actually, speaking of talking. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, and she had an, a really good article on the website about the game. Yeah. Too, so I feel like she should, she would do a great she job sure of starting this off. So Mika, you've oh, been God. nominated. <laughs> no pressure. Um, well, I don't know if I have that much to say about this game because I have literally talked about it to everybody who will listen to me for any <laughs> amount of time. Um, like literally today at work, I was like, so do you guys play video games? And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, well, do you want to hear about this video game? <laughs> did they say yes? One of my finer moments. They did. Yes. Oh, good. And then I tried to talk about Android rights with them, but they didn't really get into it. Oh, but I mean, that's a okay. complicated issue. um so are we like outlining what what the game is about at this point do we assume people know so i think a good thing to know would be if you haven't played the game stop listening right now spoilers just stop it yeah i was just gonna say that yeah we're gonna be breaking it down we're gonna be talking about all sorts of things uh we're gonna be starting with our overall thoughts so michaela uh if you want to start by telling us, I mean, what you thought of the game in general. Like, what did you like? What did you not like? Um, we're going to kind of break down each character, I think, in a little bit here. Um, so just your overall thoughts on the experience as a whole uh, and how you felt about it. Well, I really liked the game, um, oh. in case you hadn't gathered that. Um, I started paying attention to it like a long time ago when the trailer came out and you made me watch the trailer and then I was like oh that looks pretty interesting and then I played the demo and I was like oh that was fun but also the controls are confusing and I don't understand cameras and whatever um 
And then I wasn't going to play it. I was like, ain't nobody got time for video games. And so I watched you play it a little bit, Derek. And, uh, and then I had this really long conversation with Derek about, um, you know, the, the premise of the game and, and how that would, uh, filter into real life situations. And the game is basically like, you are playing these three different characters and you're, um, kind of switching between chapters to play each different one. And, uh, and they all are androids, so they're like these robots that look like humans. And one of them is like a caretaker type robot um, who is supposed to take care of this little kid. And she's owned by this like drug addict who is violent towards them both. And then another one is um, like a detective who's trying to figure out what is going on with these androids. And then another one is played by the super fine guy from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> and uh, he is like owned by this artist who seems like a nice old man, but then that guy dies. And he? so he like, does he? Oh shit. My guy died. Oh. So that's the huge thing about this game is you get to like make all these choices as these characters. And then your story can be totally effing different than everybody else's story. Mm. So I cannot wait to hear what your guys' stories yeah. turned now out. That, that like. came up. Did he, did but, he not I, die for anybody here? I mean, uh, he died for me. He also died, he died for, me. for me. At the very end, he died for me. Oh, but he made. Wait, wait. Like the old the man. Game? The old man. Yeah. At like, really? Like, like towards the end of the game, he died for me. He didn't die like right away. Yeah. So we'll talk about that <laughs> when we get to Marcus's story. But I would, I since that came up, I just wanted to see how yeah. different all of ours were in that aspect. But yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. So Mika, like you said, originally you didn't like the controls and you didn't understand the camera. Like, did that make it harder for you to play, or did you just kind of like so, over it? Yeah, I think in the beginning it made it harder for me. Um, we all know how much I have struggled to be able to control things at all in video games ever <laughs> anyways. Um, but at the beginning it was just really confusing because it's not the camera. It's the camera's like following the character, but it's not a part of the character. So it doesn't automatically move in the exact direction that the character moves it kind of like follows it around which makes it more cinematic i guess but it doesn't feel as intuitive when you're moving around but then in the end it really doesn't matter that much because it's not like a combat game or something where you're needing to aim things and make sure you're hitting the right spot of stuff like you have time to move yourself around to get to where you need to be and you kind of just have to be in the vicinity of something and then the screen shows you which button you need to press at that time so once you get used to that and like once my mind adapted to it then it was totally fine. Did you struggle with that? Oh, I hated the, I hated the controls so much. Oh, really? Yeah. So the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I thought they were the best controls of all time. Oh, well, I mean, not really, but they were fine. I hated it. Well, cause like when I, and I talked about this a little bit on a previous episode, when I first saw this game, I thought it was all detective stuff, all forensics, all crime solving was like, yes, 
this is made for me. Which is interesting that you thought that because the marketing was all about all of the characters. Well, all I saw was the demo. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't really oh, see commercials because okay. I, I have YouTube Red. I don't watch television, and I don't, and like all the trailer and, and stuff that I saw was all about Connor and Connor's storyline because that's what they had out for the demo, and I saw the demo and was like, this is a forensics game. My life has been made. Um, <laughs> so after like the first chapter, when we switched away from like trying to figure out how to use androids to work with other androids to solve crimes and stuff, and we like switched, I forget who I had next, I was confused and sad. Um, but also, like the camera angle thing made it really hard for me to get to some clues that you need to complete different sections in in the chapters and a lot of things in the chapters were like timed out like if you didn't get something done within a certain amount of time they were never really timed but like if you didn't get it done within a couple minutes if you didn't get something like it would kind of push you through the story and um when i was like struggling to like line up just right so that i could click on something so that i could examine it more even with my special android eyes like it was it was a fucking chore and it made it really hard for me. Um, I also didn't like, I, and I know this is probably just me complaining because I'm not very good. I am also not good at video games. Um, but like sometimes you're good at complaining. I, I'm very good at complaining. It's you are on fire. Derek is so mad at me right now. He's like picking on me left <laughs> and right. Derek, I'm bringing you funyuns, man. Ah, I'm excited for yeah, those. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so be nice. I'll leave you alone once the transaction's complete. <laughs> oh. oh. Um, but like there would be times when you like would need to react, and like some of the story was so cinematic that I I would just be sitting there, I'd be waiting for something to happen, and like I'd be so tense that it hurt, and I would like kind of relax, and that would be the point when like something would flash up on the screen for me to do, and I would miss it because it's only like a split second. Like, I saw it, and it was gone, and I was like, well, I can't click that button now. <laughs> so I got a little frustrated with that. Um, but, I mean, the story was very interesting. I didn't like how my stories ended, and I felt a little railroaded at times. Um, but, I mean, it's not it's not that the worst like game I've ever played. So there's that. That's some high praise. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's, it's I mean, I finished it. It's not like The Witcher 3. It's like, they I, should put that on the box, I think. <laughs> It's not like The Witcher 3 where I haven't even gotten to the Griffin and I can't play the game anymore. I mean, I at least finished the whole game. So. That's true. And, Does and somebody want like, to just sum up what the game, like what the story yeah. is like generally so that we're all um, on the same page? I think we should get do like our overall thoughts mm-hmm. first. Okay. Oh, is that not else. part of that? Okay. I mean, it kind of is, but... Um, of course, each character's story was very different, yeah. so I thought we could kind of break that down individually afterwards. <laughs> In any case, I'm already talking, so I really enjoyed this game. I don't know if you got that uh, from the previous episode of the Geescape Games podcast when I talked about playing it for the first time. Um, uh, I and I've, I mean, I've been a fan of every Quantic Dreams game, and it seems like with those games and with the writing of David Cage, it's very much either a love it or hate it. Uh, experience and i have been pretty thoroughly satisfied with 
the previous all the previous games and this one was probably the best one out of all of the quantic dreams games i would say and not only in presentation and i because the presentation was pretty spectacular like right from the score to the uh the acting and the range of of different performances that they uh picked up for this game but also like uh, just just the way that the stories played out in general and the way everything tied together like just this world that they built is so fascinating and, and and just much more and, 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 and to be fair it's been a while since i've played beyond two souls or heavy rain or anything like that but it just feels so much more realized and there, it feels like there's so much depth to the world where i felt like the worlds in the previous games could feel quite shallow at times because they were so grounded and and potentially because you were um you know they were they were a little bit more focused because the storylines here, depending on who you are, either it's, you know, something like with Kara, where it's very focused. She has a very, very uh, simple goal throughout her storyline to something that's pretty huge and broad, like Marcus's. Like, it really gives you a, a range of different experiences throughout the characters. And that's something that I really enjoyed as well. Um, but no, I, I was I was super into it. I um, It's probably, it, probably one of the more memorable games that I've played in the last I mean, while um you know long, long while i'd say and it's a it's pretty spectacular to just have a game too that has elicited so much conversation between um you know like i don't think there's been a single other game where michaela and i have talked so deeply about it uh in the almost four years that we've been together for instance and um you know like seeing it affect her to the point where she's telling <laughs> people that don't give a shit about like this video <laughs> game that she's playing uh in her work people and stuff like that like that's huge like this for, for a game to be able to kind of transcend the screen and um affect affect her on a level of and, and me on a level of our day-to-day lives i think that's pretty special and that's pretty powerful so yeah for sure and in terms of what i thought in, in a lot of ways it's like the exact opposite of what derek just said but in the end i think it kind of lines up with what he said so i've played all the other quantum dream games and i ranged from either thinking that they were like good to being complete crap like and it usually boiled down to the controls to me because my first before i even knew what quantum dream really was i got really interested in indigo prophecy which as far up to the point that i played it had more direct control over your character than any of the other quantum dream games but as a result of that, like the controls themselves were horrible and really, really hard to maneuver your character with. So I just gave up on the story because it was just such a chore to play. Uh, so I feel like in that game, I remember an instance fairly early on where something about the police, the like the door, when the police right? are breaking into your apartment. Yes, that's the exact same point where <laughs> yeah, I stopped playing you the game. To... <laughs> that's like the beginning of the I know, game. Because... I just remember it. Like, you have to do X amount of things like before they burst in, right? And the controls make it so hard to complete those in time. Yeah, because I got like I think I got arrested, and it happened like three times in a row. And I had it on a. This is back when Blockbuster Video had this like Game Pass where you could rent games as much as you mm-hmm. want within mm-hmm. a month's time. So it ha- I like failed three times in a row or four times in a row, and it was because every time the camera would shift when you would like how Amika was talking about the cinematic camera in Detroit. It was similar in this game where every time the camera moved, like it would move in a more cinematic position depending where you were. But every time the camera moved, it would change the orientation of your stick. So it was like when the mm, camera moved, yeah. when I was originally moving left, it would make me move down as soon as the camera moved, for example. <sighs> and so like Derek said, you were on like a time limit and you had to hide a certain amount of like objects. And eventually, like every time I couldn't hide them in time and the police would arrest me and I did it like four or five times in a row. 
and it just kept happening and i was like all right let me put this game away for now and i'll go back to it when i'm not frustrated anymore and i just never played it again so and now 14 years yeah, later 14 years later i played a game that i enjoyed still not played it. <laughs> heavy rain i enjoyed a lot but there was a handful of moments i think there was specifically when you're running from the cops and something similar happened and a lot of the button prompts i thought were really vague uh mm. beyond two souls fixed a lot of the control problems mostly because i don't even think there was a time where you had direct control over ellen page i think it was only ever the, with the spirit and that was like a lot more free roam than the normal quantum dream controls are if i remember correctly but i just really didn't like beyond two souls i thought the disjointed storytelling like the out of sequence uh chapters it just made it more confusing and less engaging so i came into detroit not really expecting to like it as much as I did in the end. But I think there was just something about the story and the way that the narrative came together where it became this really compelling, timely um, plot about basically, it's basically like a civil rights story, but replace like uh, minority groups with like androids, essentially. And I thought it was really well done because you're essentially playing as a character who's starting a revolution you're playing as a character who's essentially trying to stop it or at the very least investigate why it's happening and then another character who's kind of experiencing it from a more down-to-earth perspective and overall i mean there was some missteps here and there there was a handful of points where the options that they gave you weren't exactly clear and they led to results that i didn't want to happen uh there was a few uh uh, much less than like heavy rain but there was a few times where the button prompts i didn't know what they wanted me to do with the buttons like if they want you to tap them fast or just hit them once and that kind of thing like it wasn't always the <laughs> easiest but none of that ever really led to any like negative repercussions and i felt like this game did give you a lot more i feel like this game had a lot more cushion where if you messed up in a sequence it didn't automatically just like kill you or ruin your playthrough like it would in some of the other games they've made and i think that and I think that mm -hmm, resulted totally. in a game that made it felt like you had a lot more control over how it turned out compared to the previous Quantum Dream games. And then just from my own field of study where like my other major aside from that um, physical therapy that I talked about before is like African-American history. So like a lot of the little reference, like different influences, some of them that were really, really obvious to the point where it felt shoehorned, but then some of them that were a little more subtle, like... Mm -hmm. I got like I got a, a lot out of that I felt and it was just really cool seeing that come together in a modern like um, well-promoted like triple uh, A video game but yeah that's mm -hmm. about that's about my that's about uh, all I had to say about like overall thoughts but we'll get into more detail as we go into the rest of the story mm -hmm. yeah like I just I feel I, I just feel like there's not been a story like this and I mean this is it's also I feel like a story that could have worked just as well as like a, a limited series on television or something like that. But uh, I just feel like there's not been a story and we've seen some great stories from games this year, like games like God of War. Um, <laughs> that's the only one I can think of right now, but there was some last year as well. Wolfenstein two had a great story. Uh, like the, like we've, we were in a good period for video game stories. And I feel like, this is one of the most memorable. Um, and, and and I wonder how much of it is because it does feel so, it, it is a journey that feels so like, like made by the choices that you make and the actions that you take. And I feel like it's very, like just watching Michaela play even the demo, uh, let alone the full game. But it's something where I feel like, for instance, for a lot of Telltale games, for instance, a lot of their choices 
feel less important or they feel big in the moment, but it kind of, it, it's something where I feel like in a lot of, in a lot of ways, the, it feels like that path might fork off, but it always comes back together for the same outcome, regardless of the choice that you made. I feel like Telltale Games do that a lot. And I feel like I didn't feel that at all here. Like seeing Michaela make a different decision or a couple of different decisions and, and just how different her game and her end game and her end story ended up because of all of that, I feel like was, was like super insane. Um, and, and super neat to see as well. Like, like them embracing the fact that like, like rather than acting like it's, there's a million possible, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but rather than acting like there's limitless possibilities and whatever, actually embracing that flow chart of where you can, um, where you can change the game and where you can change the actions of the characters and everything like that. And to be able to see that after every chapter and see just how many things there are that you never even saw or that you never even heard, uh, I think is really powerful. And I think it's part of the big reason, for instance, Michaela finished the game and I think 10 minutes later, like went back and started playing again. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I think the flow chart has a really big impact on how you play the game and what you get out of the game. Um, at least it did for me. I haven't seen a game that shows you so explicitly the choices that you're making and how they're impacting your story and shows you how many other branches of choices there could have been if you had done this one thing differently. Um, so I felt like it really engaged me in the story in a, in a way that I, I feel like I wouldn't even have considered if I didn't have that point of reference. Um, and I definitely immediately like was my game was over and I was distraught and horrified that it had come to that. And so I went back and like started again, but I had this real conundrum of like, well, do I want to erase the flow charts that I've already done? And like, I don't want to end up making the same decisions. And what if I forget and blah, blah, blah. But it was kind of neat because it left like the choices that I had made and unlocked, it left that information up there and changed the color. And so I could see where my new story is forking off um, in comparison to my old story. See, I wanted to go back like at the end of a chapter and redo things. I didn't want to have to finish the whole game. I wanted to be like, Oh, I didn't like the way that ended. And then, cause like sometimes I, I, ran into things in certain people's, especially Marcus's storyline, where how to proceed wasn't clear for me to do what I wanted to do. And that got frustrating. Um, and then I wanted to go back and fix it. But in order to go back and fix it, I had to fi- play the whole game. And then when I finished the game, I didn't want to go back and play it again. Like I, I was kind of mad at it and done yeah. with it. And was like, well, I didn't enjoy this. And I like, I want to know what the stories are, but I would rather watch someone else play it or read about it than play it myself. Um, and I think I'd said this before and Derek yeah. had mentioned like this could have, this story could have been told through like a mini series. I would have enjoyed that more because I love the message and the story of this game, but I don't necessarily love it as a game. And I know I'm the only one who didn't like it. Only one. <laughs> I can understand your frustration yeah. with that though. There's times when I would like sit down to play it or whatever. And I was like, I only have like half an hour to play. I really wish this was just a show or a movie that I could put on while I'm doing other things and 
still get the story, like still watch, still figure out what's going on. Or even if you could like watch it and just like hit a button on an app on your phone to make the decision. So you're still doing the choose your own adventure thing, but it's um, less engaged. But then in the times when I was engaged, it's like the rush of having to hit the button at the right time or having to make the choice under pressure. And it feels like there's an element of, real life in it where you like although you think that you're doing this thing and it's going to come out as doing the right thing and you're going to go down the path you want to you accidentally end up getting hank killed and then you're like oh my god that's not what i thought that button was gonna do and why did i make that choice and i feel like a horrible human being that's exactly what happened at the end of the game for me pissed me the fuck (laughs) off well that's what i i i feel like i what I liked about it is the finality in every choice you make. Like if it has a different outcome than you were expecting or whatever, like just like Michaela said, like you can't take, if you're watching a mini series, it's obviously just one path. But if you're doing, you know, in real life, what you say is what you say. And that's the end of that. Right. And so if there was no finality in the decisions, if you could finish a chapter and be like, I didn't like the way that went and go back, then I don't know. Does it mean anything? That that kind of contradicts the whole point of having the flowchart for me. Like I want to be, if I have that ability, I want to be able to go back and be like, all right, I know where I am in the moment. I know what just happened. I remember I'm here. If I could go back and change something, what would I change right now? And I want to do it then. But then there's an, there's an element of like, something that happens in like the third chapter can have an impact on the ninth chapter and nowhere in between. So then if you get to the ninth chapter and you're like, fuck, I shouldn't have made that choice in the third chapter. And then you go back, but then what happens to all the stuff in between? Like, Like, I feel like you kind of just got to flow through it. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. I'm going to talk about my experience with Marcus a little bit, because this is, this is, this is the prime example that pissed me off. This is when I, the game lost me. So Marcus is leading this android uprising, yeah? And it's the point. So I think yeah. I know what you're going to so say. So you're leading this android <laughs> uprising. And, and I did the same thing, and I thought it was, was fucking amazing pissed. because I couldn't go back. I was pissed because that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> that was not my intention, and I couldn't figure out. So, so let, me tell, let me tell your story. Let me no, tell your no, story. No, no, no. So let me tell your story. You're leading the android march. Why do you get to tell my story? <laughs> is it is it is it what I, I think it is know. though? Is it, is it what I think it is? So, okay, so <laughs> tell it, tell it. Nobody's stopping you. Come on. <laughs> so Just keep you're you're in like this mall. Your goal is to go in and you're freeing all these androids from the Android Apple Store, and because that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> So you you free all the androids, and then you're like, "All right, now we're gonna." Yeah, this is also now we're gonna send a message, right? I'm like, cool, and I was like, I want to send a message of peace. That's what I'm about. So you have a choice of doing something violent and doing something passive. And so I'm wandering around the the mini mall thing, the mini mall open square thing. Like, okay, how do I spread this message of peace? What are my options? Like, I can't just leave because every time I try to just leave, this bitch next to me starts yelling at me about how I'm not doing anything. And so (laughs) I was like, oh, maybe I need to free all the androids because there were some androids behind glass in another section. So I went up to one and I was like, yeah, you're free. And it broke a window. Well, then the only thing it wanted to let me do 
was burn down the whole mall. And that's not what I wanted to do. And it didn't have a way for me to interact with anything in a way that was peaceful. And it pissed me off because I couldn't figure out what to do. And then it was like, you lost a large opportunity. You could have made a big impact here. And it screwed over my Android revolution and it ruined the rest of the game for me because the rest of the game for me was all milk toast. I couldn't do, there was nothing I could do to, to make anything better. And it pissed me off. I couldn't go back and change it. I had to play through the whole game, and by the time I was done, I was so defeated by it, I didn't want to go back to that section, like, eight chapters back to go back to the mall to, like, figure out how to be peaceful. I don't how, so I just, I just kind of spray-painted some stuff, it and it all went me. pretty well. How did you not have the option yeah, to spray-paint things? Like, I went around, and I was, like, I was wandering around, like, oh, how do I, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm wandering around. It was, like, free this android? It was, like, yes, free my sister here freed her and then it wouldn't let me do anything else except for smash cars i yeah i didn't even know you could burn down the store maybe it had to do with decisions you made before that no i don't think so yeah because immediately after i freed the androids in the apple store i like walked past a bench and then the bench was like do you want to tear this bench apart or do you want to spray paint it with something and i was like cool i'll choose a logo i was like what do i do and it was like free this android and it smashed a window open and i think once i smashed that window to free that android which i thought was no different than what i had just done that was me making a violent action and then i could only make violent actions from there on and i was mad about it it has to be a different choice because I like I spray painted things first, but then I still broke the window and got the Android out. And it was, was like, a- oh, four percent violent. Yeah. But then I won back my total pacifist. Yeah. No, it wouldn't let me. I like I don't know if it was just I was I turned on my Android vision for it and I wandered around. I walked by things. It was just like smash this car, burn this down, smash this up. And then I have what's her name with the ponytail in my ear. North. Yep. In my ear the whole time. She was evil. She was like, she was like, this is her chance. You're not doing anything. And then she gets all pissy with me. And I was like, I didn't want to burn down the mall. <laughs> I wanted to have a peaceful message. And everything I had done in the revolution, after, I made very clear choices that were like, no, we're not going to hurt people. No, we're, we're preaching a message of peace. We want rights. We don't want violence. And like, I couldn't, I could, apparently you could spray paint things. I had no idea. So I was really mad because then everything else I tried to do throughout the entire time, everyone was against me because I smashed a window and opened up some androids. That's all it would let me do. And I put up a symbol at the very end. It let me climb up a roof and like drop a, so, a banner. And that ruined the whole game for me. The whole game. Yeah. That fucking sucks, dude. So yeah. speaking of, well, just speaking of North real quick, did you guys hear about how supposedly the actor had an affair with the actress who played North and which led to his divorce? No. Like, no, no way. way. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I just say it is. That's terrible. That is rough. Michaela, Michaela will research that and get back to you, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're both very attractive, yeah, right. yeah. so I get but, it. But also, no, don't. Okay. So let me, maybe. So let me say what, let me say what I thought asshole. it was going to be, which I'm pretty sure is the same thing that Derek was talking about. But the part when you're in the TV studio... And you have the opportunity to make your first yep. like statement to the world. And it yep. said something like be, I can't remember. It was a word that sounded too peaceful, like, like to the point of being passive, which I didn't want. And then the other mm-hmm. word was just like firm or something like that. Like you had a lot of confidence and strength in what you're saying. So I picked firm. And then he yeah. goes, this is a warning that if you stand in our way, we will not hesitate to kill like any human. That's and I was like, what? 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 I didn't <laughs> want to kill you. What are you talking about? See, 
I felt like that happened a couple times. Like yeah, the like the way that the things were phrased were really kind of like ambiguous. Ambiguous. And so it made it really hard because yeah. like I had a clear idea of the way I wanted my story to go and how I would play things, and I thought of it kind of like when I play D anD D, and. It was like rolling a nat one every fucking time. Every yeah. time I tried to do Is that what you were something. talking about, Eric? <laughs> it would just. <laughs> I no, it wasn't. I think, although I did have a moment in there as well, but I think that ambiguity is definitely uh, on purpose in a lot of those aspects as well. But I, in the TV studio, one of the lines that my character said was that um, something about like like it was super Bless peaceful. Bless uh, <laughs> you. It was it was super peaceful and and then like the last line or something they're like oh and also we want one United State to be our own and I was like holy <laughs> shit that escalated yeah. quickly did not expect that like and it was of course based off like one ambiguous word at yeah. that point and I was like oh this is probably not going to go well but the part that I was going to talk about was was uh, so after all of that at the very end uh, when you are. No. Well, I mean, sort of, I guess. It's a, it's a the end is relative, right? The end is relative in this game. So so I Marcus is in like a mall or something and he's converting androids. It turns into a yep. big march on the street. Um he's pulling androids in from all over the place. He kind of is realizing just how powerful he's he is because it goes from Right, basically. Yeah, like he goes from having to touch the androids in order to be, turn them, make them free and turn them into followers to basically just being able to like signal them or wave at them. Uh, Wait, hold on. Is he turning them into followers? Because no, I feel like turning them, them into he's followers just allowed. makes them slaves no, he's to something else. Them okay. I mean, uh, and they're choosing to walk with them at that point. Is it though? Or is it just yeah. a virus? Um, That's a thing. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> Uh, so they're marching, they're marching. The police show up. The po- you know the police are like like disperse or we'll fire on you. And Marcus is like like you know we are we're protesting peacefully. Like we just want our we just want like rights. And uh, and at that point, I have like North is alive. Um, who is who are the other people? North is alive. Sure. The like old leader of Jericho is still Josh alive. Josh yeah. and Simon, and then there's I think. yeah Simon, and then there's like a, that Josh guy as well. And they're all pulling me in different directions. Like North wants to attack the police. Uh, Josh wants to stand our ground to to show a message basically, and Peter wants to run away or some some combination of those. Um, and then so I decided to stand my ground, and the police are like, you know last warning <laughs> blah 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 and i'm like i'm just gonna keep standing my ground and we're gonna keep being peaceful and this is gonna turn out just fine and you know like stand my ground again the police like take out a few androids as like a warning shot and i'm like no like we're not breaking this like like i just need to show solidarity we need to show solidarity we need to show our strength and show that we won't be afraid anymore blah 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 choose to stand ground they fucking shoot him and they kill him and my mouth dropped oh. to the floor and i was shocked and uh, oh my god! It was like I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" This is like, the- like that was the end of oh. my Marcus. Uh, 
because I chose to stand my ground, stand my ground, stand my ground. And I thought that the humans would have, you know, some compassion or some empathy for that um, and realize that maybe they were in the wrong, but no, they just fucking shot me and killed me. And then all of the other androids started to disperse once their leader died, basically. But I thought that was an amazing moment. And I thought that that was a moment that would have meant nothing. How it had, I could just been like, Oh fuck this. I'm going to do this part again and choose differently. Like I feel, I feel like that is a moment where the finality of it is, is what makes Mm -hmm. that scene. Yeah. Um, but super shocking. I was, I was really shocked at that. Did, did, did any of you guys get a similar? No, ending ending I, know. I played different. up. Yeah. I played up until that point, And when they said they made it pretty clear that you were going to die, if yeah. you kept standing your ground, I remember them saying like, Oh, if you don't leave, like we're going to shoot you. And then I think Josh was like saying, you need to keep standing your ground and show them that we're serious. And I was like, are you kidding? They're going to, they just said they're going to kill me. Right? <laughs> I then, thought they were going to change their mind. No. And then that asshole. And cause as this was happening and as we stand our ground, like, like you get those notifications of, of the perception of the people around yeah. you, but also like the public perception started shooting up at that point. Um, cause of course there's helicopters flying around showing this standoff on the news and everything like that. And the actual public is starting to feel like, okay, like, these these people or whatever just want to be treated with some respect and and whatnot um but yeah then the police obviously did I not mean, feel that same way fascist police they made, killed you no way yeah <laughs> and what made me really mad about it though is that josh i put too much faith in the humans that's yeah. that was the problem like what made me really mad about that part too was that josh's respect for me went down i was like are you kidding me i, I would have been dead otherwise <laughs> But yeah, like, or they would have, or they would have, uh, they would have stood down. But, you never know. Yeah, you never. Well, know. we do know. We do, we do know. They, they fucking you. kill you. Yeah, since, since we're already obviously so deep into Marcus, we might as well start talking about our like more overall thoughts and our playthroughs and experience with Marcus's story. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess to start, I was gonna say that Marcus was the most mixed story for me. Like his is obviously the most important, and he's pretty much the main character of the game, depending on which. Depending on which what choices you make, really, because I guess Connor could have an argument of being the main character, too, if you're depending on how you look at it. But and if your Marcus gets killed halfway through the game, like Derek's, but um, <laughs> especially, he's just like a supporting character at that yeah, point. Right. But Marcus's was really like hit or, hit or miss for me because like in the beginning, he's you know, he's with the artist like we were talking about. And then he gets disma- he gets like sh- uh, shut down and presumably killed after a dispute with his with his um owner's son which i think is what ha- which is what leads to whether or not the artist is still alive like if you refuse if you refuse to fight his son back the artist gets stressed out and has a heart attack and dies but if you fight the son then that leads to the police just seeing marcus as the aggressor yeah. and you don't see what happened to the artist until like later in the game that's what happened to me and he's still alive is that what happened with mm-hmm. you when i and i totally chose i pushed that shithead he was an asshole yeah, I wasn't see, gonna let him. So I, my I feel dad. like I, <laughs> I feel like the like the artist guy. He had so much respect for Marcus and treated like Marcus basically as a free person. It seemed like a lot of the time that in this one like this one moment, he's basically ordering Marcus to do something, and I wanted to respect that because obviously it was so important to him, um, and it fucking killed him. Yeah, and that's how I felt too about it, and which is interesting because. That moment is when Marcus becomes a deviant, which is like their word for the, the androids who develop self-consciousness and go against their programming. And I thought it was really interesting that you had the option as your very first action as a deviant to just listen to him. 
mm-hmm. which I thought made it really powerful is t- in terms of his relationship with him. Totally. He has yeah. the free will to go against what he's saying after he became deviant, and he still chooses to listen to him, which leads to him dying, which is really weird. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like with Marcus, everything turns out really, really well in my story. Um, basically, with mine, he teetered, my Marcus teetered to violent means at certain points, but for the most part, it was a peaceful, like a peaceful method that he took. And in the end, he ended up surviving and earning android rights basically by using the tried and true vietnam slash civil rights era method of having the press witness how badly they were being abused Mm. despite and never retaliating and Mm. like the only the only like glaring flaw that i really felt with marcus is that it makes me feel like it's a mixed bag is i thought that him becoming the leader of jericho was really unearned like he kind of just shows up and then all of a sudden i agree with that everybody's on board with him being the leader except for north and then if you start killing people like a maniac then she'll be on board too yeah yeah (laughs) i didn't didn't like like me mm -hmm. so i was kind of like like who what makes him so important that he just walks in the door and like two hours later they're like all right you could just lead this whole thing and then we trust you to like fight for android rights worldwide well i mean he is (laughs) but especially like at the moment where he comes in too like they have a pretty clear leader in simon and and especially like yeah, I yeah, I don't know how it would turn out in your playthrough, but my Simon survived at that point. But it, it was kind of like he just got kind of shoved out of the way for Marcus. Yeah, I think it's not so much <laughs> that they didn't already have a leader because they did, but I think because his owner guy had treated him so well and with respect and autonomy he came in and they were talking about freedom as living in the bottom of the ship and he was like this is not freedom and he gave them hope and encouragement to find something that was actual freedom to find a life for themselves that they could live and love and all of that and and nobody else really seemed to be striving for that at the point that he came in. I'm not really sure why, like, there was no conversation or really any any magical thing that happened that made him the leader. But I think it's that kind of perspective that he was coming from where he wanted something more for all of them than what they had already accepted for themselves. Well, I know in my- and that's a really good point because... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, in my timeline, when um, because you get an option to go get uh, Android parts to, like, help put everybody back together because everybody's pretty fucked up. Um, and I, I made risky decisions. Like, I chose to, like, steal extra parts and, like, converted a guard and got him on our side and brought him back with us and kind of expanded our ranks. And so for mine, I felt like my Marcus was taking a leadership role even if maybe he didn't earn it he was just like no we should try and get more parts why not i'll i'll take that risk and oh i'll i'll convert this guard and take that risk and i guess i'll just snap his neck if it doesn't work um but like i don't know i don't know if that was different from what you guys had because like that's how mine ended up just kind of becoming the leader that way like he just kind of like got made way for it because he was making all these decisions yeah and i'm glad you both mentioned how the androids were kind of just like kind of just accepting that they were going to live on that boat forever and how Courtney you just mentioned that they were all missing parts and like that's a point that I didn't consider that they were all essentially dying they were just on borrowed time and it was just a matter of time before they ran out of energy yeah and they all at that point when you first arrive kind of just accepted oh we're just going to sit here and try to survive as long as we can and just eventually accept that we're going to 
run out of energy and die. And Marcus was the one who was kind of like, it doesn't have to be that way. So yeah. yeah. So now that you mentioned that, I, I do see that a little bit more, but it was kind of, it was kind of rushed still. Yeah. I think. Also, but he is basically totally robot rushed. Jesus. I mean, like, can we talk about the hellscape that was whatever junkyard that was that you wake Holy up in shit. and having that to pull parts the... out of other robots? Oh, uh, that, oh, yeah. that scene was, I feel like that was one but... of the most terrifying scenes, like in a video game. Like it was so in like oh, the atmosphere was insane. I was playing alone. Uh, so gorgeous. This it game's is. fucking gorgeous. Uh, like like so many times and that was one of the that was probably one of the best looking scenes in a video game i would say well, and like, your vision's messed looking. up and your hearing's messed up and you have to pull parts and you have to decide whether or not to like like there was i was looking for like a new heart at one point and like i found someone who had one but she was still alive and she was like don't kill me and i was like i'm gonna die if i don't take this from you so i took it from her and then i was wandering around later and found someone who wanted to die and they had a whole heart and i was like shit <laughs> and it was like one o'clock in the morning. It was terrifying. I've have like this weird buzzing noise in my ears from the from not having proper auditory because I'm missing parts. And then getting on that ship I had to stop playing it was too much. Yeah, it was too creepy for me. So how did, so how did your story <laughs> end, Courtney, with Marcus? Um, so I. I got to the point where like we, we made a, a march we like kind of had like a little like they were marching against android roundups i think is what it was android concentration camps uh -huh. um and so you built like we had like a little barricade and we were all sitting around it we were just going to be peaceful and then i don't remember exactly what happened but i managed to get everybody out and then we like regrouped and we were on jericho and then um connor like infiltrates the group and like sends bad guys to the ship to blow up the ship and then connor has some choices um and he chooses to side with the androids in mine or i chose to side with the androids mm -hmm. and then um at one point marcus gets shot by f a fake connor a second connor and then connor becomes the leader and that was the end of marcus marcus dies there and then connor becomes the leader of the resistance oh huh, really yeah, yeah. On my on my play they both survived and and Marcus stayed the leader and then Marcus had Connor infiltrate the cybernet facility and like yeah uh convert oh, no, that's, every android that's what into it was. their house yeah huh, but really... it was like I don't know I wonder what I wonder what choice you made that ended up making a fake Connor kill Marcus that's interesting I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I remember Marcus dying it's yeah. been a minute since I played the game but I remember Marcus dying and I remember Connor taking over and like Connor was being controlled by the overlords i can't remember their name the name of the thing oh he was maybe that's at the very end yeah. of the game because on my playthrough what happened was everything that you just said is but when the and this part was really funny like this this is another part that felt kind of unearned but it's probably more specific to my playthrough <laughs> since i know at least derek's is different but like like the fbi corners you in the barricade they ask you they call you over to make a deal you have the option to like basically give up and have your have most of the androids arrested yeah. in exchange for you and like your lieutenants being given to in exchange for you and your lieutenants to be given like freedom or you could just stand your ground and say no and so the the news is watching and the longer you hold out the more public perception goes in your favor but eventually they just get impatient and they rush in they like try to kill you mm -hmm. and and all of your friends so then they corner you and all of your lieutenants and then you have the different options, and I just chose to sing. Yes. And so I sang at them. Yes, that's what I did. And Megan, Megan is, Megan is watching, and she was like, "Really? That's gonna do it?" So like they're all pointing their guns at you, <laughs> about to execute you, and then you start singing, uh, 
so a gospel song which like you know the civil if the civil rights mm-hmm. undertones weren't any more strong yeah <laughs> start singing a gospel song at them and they all just slowly put their guns down they're like they're just singing let's just leave them alone after we blew up half of them i think <laughs> like i think my people ended up shooting me but my public opinion was really low no one liked my android like, resistance but i remember getting like them oh, singing yeah. and then getting shot and then like some people got away because i remember the ship part afterward yeah so like basically after that on mine um they they stop you know the police leave the president who I thought was like a laughable like combination of both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump like oh my god because if you read the news, if you read the magazine articles that are scattered throughout the game they would say oh she was a celebrity who people say who just got into politics yeah. she doesn't know what she's doing but then they also say she's like corrupt and has <laughs> her has her nose in all these different corporations and she's basically paid for by corporations I was like they just come they just took Hillary and Trump and just put them into one person concentration camps oh and all yeah like, that's be- she and she looked exactly like Hillary. She <laughs> looks exactly like Hillary. She totally yeah, it was so weird. But anyway, so like after that, Marcus is giving a speech, and then uh, Connor gets hacked by his by his like I don't know what she is that woman that he talks to inside programmer Amanda. Yeah, she Amanda. like hacks him, and I don't know if this is maybe what happened in your game, Courtney. But she hacks him and uh, like makes him shoot Marcus, but it keeps flashing back and forth between Marcus's speech where he's slowly raising his gun and then back to Connor's subconscious where you have to find this override within himself to relinquish control. Oh my God, that's the exit that Elijah was talking about. He remembers Elijah saying every exit, like every Android has an exit or whatever he said. So you have to search that that snowy garden that he was in throughout most of the game for the exit. And it's like, you're on a timer Mm -hmm. and if you don't find it, fast enough he shoots and assassinates marcus in the middle of his speech but thankfully i found it at like the last second on my playthrough so all was well that ended well for those two but we'll talk about my Kara later but oh it so is that's, unbelievable yeah, how so different all of these stories so, are so with mine towards the because of course that like as it approaches the end not so much Kara because she's fairly individual, but the Marcus, I assume, but and Connor storylines start to kind of converge a bit as as they ascend on Jericho and everything like that. But so in mine, Marcus is obviously dead. Um, my Connor, we go through a bunch of shit, and he becomes deviant just as he's about to shoot North because North, if Marcus dies, North kind of assumes the role of mm. the leader at that point. So. North is basically at gunpoint on the boat and she can, you know, she, she says, she tells Connor like, you know, it doesn't have to be this way, blah, blah, blah. I choose to become deviant. Uh, Connor then helps all the androids escape the boat uh, before the FBI can like take them all and everything like that. And then, you know, whatever else happens, but then towards the end, Connor becomes the leader essentially. And he is kind of like, he's set to address the androids uh, at that point. Like he's standing kind of up on a ledge with North and a couple of other people. And there's thousands of androids below him type thing. So he's set to address them. And that's when it kind of flashes into back into the snowy area. Um, when he talks to Amanda and Amanda reveals that, that he was programmed to become deviant and to gain the trust and to become the leader so that the, this, this free people, this new people of, of androids, can be manipulated by cyber life essentially. So it's at that point, it's the illusion of freedom is what they're looking to give them. Um, but their leader will still be controlled by the company that made them in the first place. So super fucking crazy. Uh, 
the same thing. So he is kind of delivering or someone's delivering a speech. It may be him. It may be North at that point, but it's kind of a similar thing in that he's kind of raising the gun and it keeps flashing back and I'm trying to find that exit and I find the exit and I have the, at that point I have the choice to basically just leave it be and, you know, become this, this puppet essentially for cyber life, or you have the option to commit suicide. And so my Connor ended up shooting himself so that the androids could actually mm. be free. Which is interesting because in my playthrough, they never once wow. alluded to the fact that he was programmed to be a deviant on purpose. In fact, they were, like Amanda was like super angry and betrayed that he became a uh, deviant in my playthrough, which is really weird because then the con because then the context of the story is Man, completely different. Depending that's on crazy, do, which I guess is understandable because Marcus is essentially the main character. So if he dies early, it's like, what are you going to do with the rest of the game? And right. And then how did yours end up? <laughs> totally. Uh, my, so I, a few of the things were spoiled for me because I had obviously been talking to Derek about his when I wasn't planning on playing. And, um, he had said that Marcus dies early. So in my <laughs> head, I was kind of expecting Marcus to die. Like every time something big was happening. And then I, but my goal was to make Marcus live as long as humanly possible because he's so super fine. Or androidly possible. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I got him to the marching the army um, after he's like in the mall converting mm -hmm. people like Jesus. Not when he's breaking people out, but when they're all just marching down the street. And... Um, my Simon had died, so I didn't have anyone telling me to run away, but I had Josh telling me to stand my ground, and I had North telling me to be violent. And um, and interestingly, at that point, North and Marcus had hmm. become lovers. Like, in my story, they he was pacifist. I managed to make him 100% pacifist at the point when Courtney went super violent. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, um, even though North was all about violence, somehow something I had said when they're like standing on top of the building and he had just played the piano and they talk about their like past, um, then she loved him. So that was cool. Um, but then, so my options were to like stand my ground or become violent or sacrifice myself. And I was like, well, this is the time when Marcus <laughs> dies. Like, I don't see any other way to do this. It's time to die, Marcus. Well, and, that, and it was super interesting because Michaela was playing on the easier mode. Um, and that, and, and at that point, I, that's why it detailed, like, sacrifice. Like, if you press this button, your Marcus is going to die. Whereas mine just said, you know, stand ground, stand ground, stand ground. I had no fucking idea it was coming. Where she chose that option still, knowing that what would be the case. Hold on. Does easier mode mean that it was spelling out my choices for me more? At that point, I thought yeah. it was just making my, like, moving around and seeing where the yellow boxes no, came that, up. So at that point, I mean, it may have at that points, but at that point, I believe it was showing you, like it was telling you what was going on. I happen. thought that was just because I didn't have assignment. I was, and I was playing on regular difficulty and I'm almost positive that mine also spelled out sacrifice yeah. too at that point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, mine did not. <laughs> so then after... I, I probably wouldn't have chosen it if it had. That's wise. After it sacrificed him, then North kind of became the leader. And then uh, later on, Connor found North on the boat. And they um, 
got on the same team. And then like way later on, wherever you guys are talking about like there being barricades and stuff, I literally never even barely fucking got there. So I, I'm pretty sure that's the place where North was like fighting with androids. And like, I was in that scene for maybe 35 seconds and androids are getting shot all around her. She like stands up and yells something and then gets fucking shot and dies. And I was like, what the F just happened? Like my revolution is over. And so that was the end of my Marcus story. Oh, so wait, so was I the only one who ended up with like Marcus actually like leading the revolution? Yeah. It sounds like like an actual revolution at the end. Yeah. With a high approval yeah. rating, even though I did kill the guard in the police or the guy in the in the TV station, though that was the oh, only, I, I think that was like the only negative thing I did. I did that too, and I immediately regretted it. I was like, "This is affecting public <laughs> opinion so much. What have I someone. done?" Yeah, like I still, oh my god, I still didn't regret it because my instant response was like, "I thought if he was going to pull the alarm, then we were going to get surrounded by police, and our revolution is going to be over immediately." So I was like, "Sorry, guy." <laughs> One one versus a minute. Yeah. But I, I didn't, didn't shoot him. Really? Yeah, well, no, of course not. Because I was of like, if I shoot not. if I shoot him, if I shoot him, they're never going to this is literally my first like free interaction with a human. If I fucking kill that human, I'm never we're I was never just going like, anywhere. I shot him and everything turned out great. You shot you didn't shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't shoot him and ended up dead. So we I guess we know who made the right Jesus. Choice. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a good way to segue into uh, into Connor's story since they do intersect so mm-hmm. much. Um, and the interesting mm-hmm. thing about Connor is he's the only character that has to be around through the whole game. And it's kind of funny that if he dies, if he dies throughout the game, you get a like, new he Connor. just pops back up in the following They just game. replace him? Yeah. And like whenever he goes into his subconscious, there's like a gravestone for every Connor yeah. you killed. Did you not know that? Oh, no way. Oh my God, is that why? Yeah. I didn't have any Connors so, die, so I never saw anything like that. Oh, I had one Connor die in the very yeah, first scene, and I kept going back in there, and there would only yeah. ever be the one gravestone. And I was like, I don't understand why this is here. Am I supposed so, to be doing something? Yeah. My Connor got, I, like, I had a button malfunction uh, because hands. <laughs> and um, so my Connor got run over by a combine in a farm at one point while I'm chasing after Kara. <laughs> yeah, so I'm chasing what? after Kara, and there's like, a farm in the middle of the city which made no goddamn sense um but it was there and <laughs> i was running and i didn't hit the button fast enough because it popped up so fast and my connor got run over by a combine and died and hank just kind of goes ah geez and i'm like that's the end of my connor except for the next chapter when i come back and there i'm looking at a gravestone i'm looking at my own grave and i was like well that's morbid turns out later derek that if you need an exit, your gravestone is your exit. Bom, bom, bom. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't need an exit because yeah. they That's all weird too, because my survived. exit wasn't my gravestone. Well, so when a man oh, takes over your mind your and you mind. need yeah. an exit to get out, my gravestone was my exit. Oh, yeah, that I had an area. There was like a... And I hadn't seen it before, but I saw Michaela playing and she did see it. But there's like a weird pod thing with like a hmm. blue handprint yeah, that was the thing. Exit for, that was the exit for me. Was that in not the, the stripper snow. club? Yeah, so that was the exit for me. Was that, was that, <laughs> that not wasn't one, the stripper sorry? club where you're making Hank by all the no. prostitutes? No. No, similar, but no. Oh, goodness. 
Uh, in that scene, that was a pretty interesting scene. What did you guys do at the end of the scene? I killed the prostitute. Yeah, I killed them too. And that scene pissed me off so much because my relationship. With I hated them. it. Like to, I just did to not kill a little him. bit. Uh, Connors is really interesting because he's investing. Like we mentioned earlier, he spends his most of his story investigating why androids are going deviant. But a big part of it is developing a relationship with his partner Hank, who, on the surface, is a like a old like washed up cop who hates androids. But later on, you find out he kind of he really doesn't hate androids. He hates humans. But that's we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit. But um. Yeah, so you're trying to build your relationship with him. And at that point at the strip club, my relationship with him was as, as high as it could get, I think. And then so... Yeah, mine said like friends yeah. or something already at that point. Yeah. Like, no. The strippers are attacking us. They look like they're going to kill either me or Hank or both. And I pick up Hank's gun that Hank drew on them earlier that they knocked away, showing that he fully had the intention of shooting them himself like two minutes ago. And then so I chose to pick up the gun and shoot them. And then it dropped Hank's like relationship, and he was like, "Oh, like I can't believe you did that. Maybe you are just a machine who doesn't care about, who doesn't have empathy for others." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is your fucking yeah. gun that you drew on them. Like what? This doesn't make any sense." But... <laughs> Maybe he was just going to threaten them with the gun. Oh my god! But didn't but have yeah, intention like, I was on able, shooting. Thankfully, I was able to build the relationship back up. Not that it mattered too much, but did everybody? Did everybody yeah. except Derek shoot the prostitutes? Or they're not prostitutes, really, are they? They're just strippers. Sex workers. Uh, no, they're sex workers. Sex workers, yeah. I definitely, like, fucking panicked and was like, either one of us is going to die, these people are going to get away, and we aren't going to have any information, or, like, my option is to just shoot. And all of this is happening in my head in, like, 0.3 seconds. And so... I, like, in real life, I'm sitting on the couch. Derek's walking into the room as I'm playing this scene, and I choose to shoot the prostitute. And Derek's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. You're so heartless. Oh my God. And I was like, what are you talking about? That was the only real choice that I had. Um, and then I can't I, well, I think I thought I'm, they would wing her or something, not, like, shooter in the chest well and that's an interesting that's like one of those moments when you don't really have you're not really sure what the choice you're making is gonna mean because in many video games you like choose to shoot and you're not necessarily choosing to shoot and kill right like you can shoot and not totally destroy something just maim someone i just wanted to maim her a little bit i didn't want to kill her just blow her leg off so she can't run away and she has to give you some information (laughs) exactly yeah shoot her in the knee yeah but don't do that if there's an intruder if there's an intruder you shoot them in the the chest you you put them down anyway i'm glad you brought it up because i probably would have forgot otherwise that part really (laughs) made me mad but yeah, with Connor, it's like, and we kind of touched about his the second half of his story already, but he, yeah, on mine, he only died in the beginning, the same thing that Mika said, and that was because of what I complained on the maid. I thought that scene was like a fucking yeah. amazing intro to the game, too. Like, it was so tense right away. Wait, you guys, you guys died in the very first scene, in the very like when you first introduced, get introduced. Yeah, because that's what I was yeah. talking about on the main show where I said it was timed, but they didn't tell you it was timed. So I was just taking uh-huh. my time looking at everything, and then all of a sudden they just go, "Hey, what's taking so long? You need to get out there." And then I didn't have enough information to like completely talk him down, so I saved the girl, but I did so by like jumping off the building with him and like rescuing her. So oh, and I then think in one of Michaela's plays on the demo, everybody died. 
Like the guy died and he killed the girl and he shot fucking Connor on his way down or something like that. Yeah, it was awful. What is that like the being being the worst negotiator ever? You're like, I don't care, killer. Like, Literally, that should dies. not be my job. I would like I played the demo twice, died both times. Played the real game, was like, fuck, I have to play this scene again. Fucking died again. <laughs> oh, see, in my like, because I I found some of the information, but I know I didn't get a lot of it um, because like I I didn't have a ton of options. But I was like trying to think like I didn't. I was thinking from the point of what. Connor's because like in my head I would be like oh I want to make everybody survive because I think that's important but like from Connor's perspective with what I thought his directive was was that the girl was most important and that robot dying wasn't because that's who Connor is and so mine I ended up having the like mine the, the guy gets shot but the little girl makes it like I convinced him to let the little girl go and then he gets shot and I was like oh well that's not ideal but but Connor the didn't, girl die. didn't die. And I mean, I didn't die. I didn't know I could die. I didn't know that was an option. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the little girl didn't die, so that was good. Yeah. Success. And then I found out Connor could die when I got run over by a combine. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too. Like best death. Like there's a hidden trophy actually to make Connor die at every opportunity that he can die. <laughs> I think it's like nine. Oh. Something like that. Oh, I think he is the character that can die the most throughout the game, but he also keeps coming. He's the only one who can keep coming back. Like he's the only one who has to survive yeah. at the end. Um, huh. So like, so speaking of like more towards the end, um, my playthrough with like, he ended up joining Marcus became deviant instead of shooting him when he found him on the boat. And Marcus gave him the task of going to cyber life and converting every Android that they had in storage so that we would have this big backup army of like, uh, like tens of thousands of androids and this is the part where this is the first part where i said it screwed up my ending because the game was vague so in mine hank had gone missing like after marcus became or after connor became deviant and so when i get to cyber life and i'm about to convert the androids another connor comes who's not a deviant and he has hank held hostage mm -hmm. and he's like telling you step away from the androids or he's going to kill hank and so they gave me the options mm -hmm. like convert the androids anyway or save Hank. So I click on save Hank. And then immediately after, like Hank tries to break away and the other Connor grabs him. And then it gave me three options. It said shoot. Um, I think it said shoot the other Connor, tackle the other Connor or convert. And so I thought they meant convert the other Connor. So I'm like, okay, cool. Convert the other Connor. So I pushed convert. And then instead, Connor just went to go convert the other androids, and then he murdered the other one who murdered Hank. So it was like they asked me the same thing twice in a row, and despite me answering that I wanted to save Hank the first time, by selecting convert the second time, it basically erased the previous choice. And I thought that was just complete. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had a, I had a similar, mine was pretty much the same there. Um, how did your, like, my Hank didn't die right away, he just got shot, but then they were such like they were friends like they were friends at that point um and he just said something about it being worth it or something or like that this this whole thing was bigger yeah. than him and he was gonna go join his son or whatnot yeah, that's that's what happened on mine but i don't count that as my real playthrough because that was bullshit that was like the only time <laughs> and it was it was both both the times that it happened were on the last chapter so i didn't have to go too far back like the other one was with Kamara. oh yeah, but, yeah yeah uh yeah so that's what happened with mine he he didn't die right away but um I think what happened in mine was that the fake Connor killed my Connor, but 
right before my Connor died, he grabbed the other one and transferred his consciousness into him. Mm. And then yeah. so the after they switch consciousness, it's like the the evil Connor died in the good Connor's body. So I, I mm-hmm. thought that was yeah. really cool, but wasn't worth losing Hank over. So like when I went back and changed it, <laughs> um, and at this point, I was looking up to see, like I looked up to see what the major differences were, and I kind of spoiled it for myself, so I don't know if it's a genuine choice, but I'm glad I did because I would have been mad otherwise. But did any of you guys fight? Did you, any of you see what Hank's son's name was in any of your interactions? I did, I but remember. I don't remember what it is. I it was like on there's a photo of him in the house or something, and I think it was on it's there. Like, I, I looked at the photo, but I didn't yeah. remember seeing anything. But like one way or another, me neither. Or maybe there was an obituary yeah. somewhere. But like one way or yeah, I did know the name for some reason though. Yeah, because I I didn't know. I feel like I didn't know it, or maybe I had forgotten it. And I selected what I thought mm-hmm. it was and, and ended up being right. But I don't know if that was because of that or if it was because I had read a spoiler like two days prior when I was really mad about Hank dying <laughs> and I was trying to see what happens differently. But regardless, like if you don't kill Hank, you get no or if Hank doesn't get killed, you get no fight with the fake Connor. And then they do the whole like generic stereotypical thing where they get mixed up and they both lose their guns. And then Hank picks up the gun and has it aimed at both of them. And then like oh, I'm shit. the real Connor. Like, no, I'm the real Connor. And so you have to pr- yeah, so you have to prove oh. to him that you're the real one. Yeah. So first he asks you what's his dog's name, but that turns Simo. out that doesn't Yeah, but it turns out that doesn't matter. If you say it right or wrong, nothing it doesn't affect anything. And then right <laughs> after done. that, he right after that he asks you what's your son's name. And it's stupid too, because I thought it was really obvious. Like your Connor is answering immediately, and then the fake Connor is like, Yeah, I knew that too. But he doesn't he can't figure <laughs> it out. And then so like the second choice, he says, what's my son's name? And if you pick anything other than his son's name, he instantly shoots and kills you. Oh, jeez. And then and then the other one picks up the gun and kills him. And then both of you are dead. But thankfully, <laughs> I, like I said, I picked the right name. So he shoots the other Connor. And then it just proceeds as the same as when Hank was dead. Pretty much you convert the androids and rejoin mm. Marcus. I think the only thing that's different is if you're friends with Hank and... Uh, Connor survives. He there's like a post credit scene where they're like getting food together or something. I really mostly in Yeah, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting too that in that moment, like Hank says that it's not that he hates androids, he hates humans because a android is supposed to operate on his son, but something happened. So a oh no, I can't remember, or maybe it was the other way around. But one way or another, like a human doctor screwed up and led to his son dying. So oh really? I don't think I got that context. He Never. resented humans, like he resented both androids and humans, but he resented humans more, which is why he sympathized with Connor at the end. But it was like the whole time he thought Connor was just a soulless machine. And as he watched him develop, he realized that mm. he was more than that. So he was helping him like continue the robot revolution at the end. Right. So that, I mean, that's uh, pretty much how mine played out for him. What happened when you guys went to Kamsky's house? Uh, Kamsky um, was the creator. Yeah, yeah the skeevy guy. Yeah, like the guy who f- invented the androids. He just reminded me of Jared Leto or something. Yeah, he kind of does. He just made me feel really dirty. Like, obviously, like he was Leto. into making androids so that he could fuck them. And I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, with that part, it was weird, too, because when I was looking up discussions after I beat the game, people were saying this was a hard choice for them, but it never even crossed my mind. But he gives you the choice to kill, kill his android chloe in chloe and if you did he would give you tell you everything you wanted to know but if you didn't he wouldn't tell you anything and like i didn't kill her like it didn't even cross my mind like that was an easy choice to make for me i so i struggled because like 
me, I said I wouldn't want to shoot her, and I didn't want to shoot her, and I ended up not shooting her. But, like, I was trying not to metagame on this, and I thought that normally, like, following directives, that would have been what Connor would have done. So, like, I sat for a while, and I thought about it. Um, but I ended up choosing not to shoot her. But I, I was going to ask about this because I want to know if someone did because I want to know if you learned something. Because I feel like even if you shot her, you he wouldn't tell you anything. So I so. have the answers for you. Good. Thank you. Mika. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I played through and I didn't shoot Chloe. And I felt really good about that. And Hank really liked my Connor, even though we were like kind of neutral. We never really got to be super best friends, but he was into that choice. Um, and then played through blah, blah, got to the fucking warehouse with all the androids and the second Connor. And I fucking chose Hank and then something else. And then Hank got shot and died immediately. And then I got shot immediately. And then I'm like on the ground and it's like, you have 15 seconds to like choose things and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, then Connor got shot like three more times and then just fucking died. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, so I'm dead now. That's, that's that then. And this is like, so how many times did your Connor die? Um, just in the first scene with the balcony and then in the mm. Android warehouse place. And I had like my Connor oh, okay. had kind I had kind of been walking the line of wanting Amanda to trust me so that I could get whatever information from that side. But knowing that I wanted him to go deviant so that he could be on the Android side. And uh, and then he ended up being on the ship with north in that storyline and um helping them out and then going to try to get these androids for the cause and then he or i think north died first and then connor died immediately after that and that was the end of my game um and so after my super disappointing ending um I like but, was everyone dead so, well ending? yeah at that point we haven't talked about car at all and the two that we have talked about were not even my most disappointing endings. So yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so when I finally did finish the game, I was like, F that I am going back and I'm starting again. And so I'm not done playing through yet, but I have replayed um, the Kamsky scene. And I was like, you know what? I want to figure out whatever information it is that this guy has. So F Chloe, as much as I don't want to kill her, I'm going to fucking kill her. And um, I shot her. And then Kamsky's like, okay, like, I'll tell you one thing. And I was like, what the fuck? That's not the deal we made. You said you would tell me whatever I wanted to know. And uh, and then I had to choose between, I think my options were RA9, virus, and something else. And only one of the options actually gave you a legit answer. The other two were super vague. And I only learned that from reading the internet afterwards because I was like, what the F? But, um, but I chose mm-hmm. RA9 because RA9 is all over the fucking game. And then he gave me some like bullshit answer about how, you know, every being has to find something to worship and blah, 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 blah. And then that was it. And I was like, well, that was not worth Chloe's life. Thank you. Yeah. Goodbye. And I don't, even in, even in my game, like 
based off of everything you guys have said, like mine sounds like it was like the most complete as far as which characters like what went the farthest. Yeah. And I don't think I ever found out what that I meant. didn't either. And that really upset me because like the whole like like in the the scene where you go in to the crime scene where like someone had an android had killed their the shower. Yeah, with the shower. Like, there's RA9 everywhere, and, like, he carved a, f- a fucking statue, and then you find him upstairs, and, like, I interrogated him, and I did a good job. Like, I got him not to blow up. I got him to tell me as much as I could. But, like, he didn't understand what RA9 was, and he didn't know why he made this fucking statue, and I was like, okay, so how much of deviance is actually, like, them actually getting free choice, and how much of it is, like, some kind of virus to cause unrest in society? Because... Like, you don't just decide out of nowhere to have, like, a compulsion to build that statue or to to worship those numbers. Like, unless, I guess it could be some kind of robot OCD, but the fact that it travels like a virus, I was like, no, this isn't, this is, like, Russia. Russia is putting viruses in our android. <laughs> because that was part was of the super... political context. It totally was. Yeah, Russia was a big part of it. Um I, I felt like it was RA9 was kind of just like the abstract idea of some higher power almost that all of these androids are holding on to and like searching for this thing that can save them. And it really just seemed like a fucking comparison to human beings who have are just desperately grasping onto whatever belief it is that they choose to believe in. And that is the right thing and the only right thing. And it's like a compulsion. Yeah. But I mean, um, but with, when we have religions spawn or cults spawn in, in humanity, there's a patient zero. There's one person who starts that every time they like, they, and they talk to people and with these, they're like, it's gotta be passed through that virus. It's a little, I think it's different than like yeah. a, an organic organic religion I thought that uh, I really liked that interrogation scene actually it was like I, I almost found it funny because it was like good cop bad cop but within the same guy like you'd have to go between like a gentle or like a angry answer depending on where that bar was and so he'll go from being like oh everything's gonna be okay to be like fuck you tell me what's happening like within oh, yeah. like within five seconds and I thought that that was like I thought that was pretty funny I, I totally that. forgot about that, but yeah. I, I love that thing. part. Like, any time where Connor was playing, like, cop or detective, like, I was like, this is the game I came here for. I want- <laughs> You know, there's, like, CS- there's like CSI-branded video games, like, lots of them. Are there? I mean, but here's the thing. CSI is kind of garbage. Um, have you heard? There's this game also called Murdered Soul Suspect, and you have to basically solve your own murder. Oh, no. I would totally love that, um, except for if it's scary. Um, I don't think it's scary. Okay, because like I have that weird balance where like I can handle so much true crime, and then there's a point where like it gets to be too much, and I'm terrified. I can't. I mean, you like you literally you play as a ghost that's trying to solve your own murder, so it's like pretty campy. I think it's kind of off topic, but has anyone here played Ghost Trick before? No. 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 That was a game too where you had to solve your own murder. It was by the creators of Phoenix Wright, and you had to possess mm-hmm. items. Like as a ghost, you could possess items in the environment to get people to react certain ways to help reenact events that led to your murder. Oh, cool. But yeah, that's beside the point. But uh, but yeah, Detroit. I think that Detroit. That was pretty much it for Connor. And then yeah. I think the last character we have is um, oh. 
Kara. Derek, I don't think we went over oh, no, Derek. Oh, we didn't do Derek's. I'm sorry, Derek. Did you have anything that was any different? Uh, I kind of went through my Connor in the Marcus section, so I don't know that there's much more to kind of talk about. I thought that I really liked that interrogation scene, and then I thought that the um, I thought that the crime scene thing was really interesting too. Like just just exploring around and and kind of looking at all the evidence and stuff. I thought that was a pretty neat scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they should make. I a did game the same. Didn't shoot. Just like that. Didn't shoot uh, Chloe through the Kamsky piece, so that I didn't really learn much. My Hank and him were like best friends, though, um, <laughs> so that was neat. Uh, but yeah, I I thought my ending was really like it sounds like my Connor ending was super different because like you said, Josh, like there was no even like they didn't allude at all to him being like a planned deviant or anything yeah, like that. In fact, and they I, were like, like I ended up choo- <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like I ended up choosing for my Connor to kill himself. Uh, so that that future would not be like come, would not come to pass mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So and, um, it, it's still like I mean, like just hearing us all talk about it, it just seems crazy how varied it all is, though. Like it's really yeah, impressive. And, I don't, and since I got this ending, I thought I'd just throw out there: if you decide not to go deviant and you follow your orders, you are rewarded by Amanda telling you that you're going to be replaced, like killed and replaced by a new Connor model, like a like. So it's like oh, if you follow the directions, yeah. like they just fucking they're like, Good job. Now we have a essentially people are comparing it to like PS three to PS four. It's like, all right, like you did a good job, but there's a new, stronger, more powerful model, so we're just gonna kill you now. Like so even if you <laughs> listen, basically like even if you do everything you're supposed to do and don't go deviant, it's like he dies any like his final death, his only real death in the whole game is if you actually do what you're supposed to do. And two more things I wanted to add yeah. real quick about Connor it was one <laughs> In my playthrough, it's like he ended up finding really no evidence. And then he just finds Jericho like right away. And all of a sudden he blows the whole case open. Like that's another thing that I felt was kind of unearned. Like I can't remember. Amanda, I think, said something like, if you don't oh. find something soon, we're gonna have to replace you. And then he hap- and then he just follows the same like trail that Marcus did when he first found Jericho and just stumbles on it. And then all of a sudden he just knows everything that's happening and it was really weird. And then Wait, did you, did Connor and Hank not get kicked off the case in your story? They did get kicked off the case, but then he snuck into the evidence room and... And you talked to, oh, like, the okay. body parts and shit, which is also a really fucking nightmare. Oh, I didn't, I didn't talk to body parts with them. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have, so, like, my evidence wall... Really? My evidence wall was, like, the guy from the very first scene, the two hookers that you kill, um... That you kill. I mean, I killed <laughs> one of them, and then the other one dies too. And then there was like another, there was another android that had died, and like you have to interrogate them and trick them. So like it was really fucked up. But like I, I took the one girl's head and I ripped it off and I put it in front of the other one because one girl wasn't revivable and the other one was kind of still alive. And so I took the dead one's head and I put it in front and I used her voice to talk to the. That's pretty. <laughs> it was really How messed up. Part, but I didn't do that. So what the hell. I did that. Uh, did Did you guys find the like thing inside the statue? Yeah. I think thing that's what pretty much blew it open for me. So I didn't really have to talk to the corpses too much. Yeah, I think that's how my that's how my Connor I think found Jericho as well as uh, whatever it said inside of there. No, yeah. I didn't find that. Mine had to yeah. steal Marcus's voice and then talk to Simon, the, like dead Simon, and trick him into thinking that. For some reason, Marcus needed directions back to Jericho. <laughs> oh. And then in my new playthrough, I woke up the 
the android who lived with the birds and I got the encryption key to his diary and the diary gave oh, me directions oh, to Jericho. So I'm the monster here. Yeah, it, but which seems to be the theme so yeah. far. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> that was like, I think that was the most terrible thing I I did the entire game, to be mm. honest. I mean, that's, I, I don't know how much more terrible yeah. you could well, get. I, you know, it's the thing where, like, I was, like, walking back and forth. I'm like, I can't figure out how to get what I need from them. I need to pretend to be them. She can still see. Um, she was the only one I thought had any kind of, like, information or the only one that I could really work on. And um, there's those damn time limits, man. Like, I didn't have a whole lot of time to poke around because that asshole detective came in and I think he gets shot, which he deserved. Mm-hmm. He was a dick. But yeah. And then <laughs> anyway, and then the other thing I wanted to mention would doesn't have a whole lot to do with Detroit specifically, but the thing I hated the most about Heavy Rain is that your guy was an FBI agent and he was getting bossed around by the local cops, which is totally not supposed to happen. <laughs> so I kind no. of appreciated when <laughs> the FBI showed up and took over the case from Connor. I was like, there you go. That's how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't know what was up with yeah. the FBI guy on Heavy Rain, but that really bothered me. <laughs> I mean, technically, <laughs> local law enforcement and federal law enforcement should work in harmony to solve the case, the betterment of the people. But you know, yeah, but like he was like, I've never seen it go all that. TV, yeah, I've that never seen it go that way. Yeah. TV, well, then you guys on. aren't watching Criminal Minds because that happens all the time. It's one of the main things they talk about. Bau. Sure, but that's not a, that doesn't make a very compelling story. Oh yeah, I guess. But yeah, so. But what did make a compelling story? Was Kara's story, who I think Kara, I think Kara's story was probably my oh, favorite. That's funny because Kara started off as um, my favorite and ended up as my least favorite. But we'll get into why. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I just feel like it was. It just felt like whereas the other two, I mean, Marcus's journey was obviously pretty broad, and he his journey was the most important. Whereas it just felt like Kara just had to and just wanted to escape from everything like escape from escape from the revel like she didn't want to be a part of any of this she just wanted to be able to she was free she wanted to be able to be free and she wanted alice to be able to be free as well essentially um and i thought that that was super it just felt super human i guess i would say like to just want to separate yourself from it from you know all of this terrible stuff as much as possible um yeah and uh, like it was just fascinating like her kind of waking up and and you know you're like oh she's gonna get sold but then you find out she was repaired and it's like well what happened and then travis what's his name travis looks like super skeezy right from or trevor i don't remember what his name was what was his name i don't know who you're talking about the dad i think that was it todd todd the dad uh, Todd. okay yeah Yeah. so Todd. todd Uh, who's super skeezy right away and then that scene where he, it, like like you go home yeah. and you do the the chores and stuff which I know Josh was a big fan of um, <laughs> but but when you go and like Todd is like throws the table and he's basically gonna beat Alice and everything like that like that's probably one of the most uncomfortable scenes in a video game that I've ever played if not the most uncomfortable like I was like it was fucking shocking mm. and I mean super emotional super affecting um but yeah i just found her journey like just trying to escape and trying to keep alice safe and trying to you know always putting what alice needed before hers um i just found that really really powerful and then like big fucking twist that i didn't see coming was the revelation that alice was also an android that was super shocking to me um but then when you go back and 
yeah, I had no fucking idea. But then it's super obvious so, afterwards because like, like, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it's super obvious afterwards. Cause there's like, like you never see her eat. And then there's references to like, uh, you know, like it looks like she's bleeding, uh, in one of the pictures that she's drawn, but it actually was her like sensor mm-hmm. thing. And then that, that guy that kidnaps you guys just calls it, calls her an it for instance. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many of these like moments that point to that being the case, but until, until you find out, I had no fucking idea the entire time. It was super like, that was another like John the floor moment. Like what the fuck is happening? And I thought it was super so, cool. Uh, I was just gonna say, so when you, when you get kidnapped and and the guy has you locked up, he's got that big, like, scary looking android guy with him. Does he go with you afterward? Luther. Luther. Does he go with you? He did. So, yeah, with me. Luther. Yeah. So I got tipped off when Luther says there's something wrong with Alice. Like he said that, and now he's and I realized like he said that, and I was like, well, what could be wrong with Alice? And then I started to piece together like, oh, she's not eating and and stuff like mm. that, and like she's sleeping, but like she doesn't actually seem tired, and then like. And I was right. like, oh, well, that wasn't very subtle. <laughs> but I guess maybe that was, I don't know. But like, as soon because I was trying to just go through, like, what could it be? And so and I was trying to get to the point where you could, like, talk to Luther about it. And, like, I never got, like, a chance to sit down and talk with him. Because I think there might be a way for you to do that. Where you can sit down and find out early hmm. on that she's she's not human. I, oh, really? I yeah. don't think that's the case, though. Because I, I tried to talk with him. And every time they would get interrupted. Oh, okay. So I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there is a way to find out early, but I didn't find out until they were on Jericho. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I got interrupted a few times too, and that's where yeah, I found that's when that. they. Well, and then yeah, and then when you're on Jericho, and I think you see another Alice, and like I didn't get that that was a second model at first, and so uh, I was like, why is she freaking out about Alice? Like we know Alice is here, and then I was like, wait, Alice is wearing different clothes, <laughs> and then I was like, oh. This is where we find out she's a robot. <laughs> yeah, and then don't they, like, right when that happens, too, don't they flash back to when she picked up a magazine in the house that had a picture of her model yeah. on it, and you just kind of didn't think anything yes, of it yeah, at the yeah. time? I don't think I actually read the magazines. I think I looked at, like, one or two and was, like, not into reading them, yeah. um, because, like, I feel like well, you had so short and- amount of time to do anything that I didn't want to sit there and read articles in a magazine. But the thing that about, maybe that's why some of your choices were different, too, because... Certain magazines give you more choices later, oh, because they give you more context to um to like whatever the political climate is, so that you'll be able to say certain things later. Oh, okay. See, because when I was when I was looking, it was like totally. Russia is doing Russia things and Russia is bad. And I was like, <laughs> and it was like I said I... on the main shows, like it actually got better towards the second half of the game, but the beginning of the game, it seemed like all the magazines are structured the exact same way. Yeah, it was like it was like oh, this thing happened, but these people are against it. But that's okay because these people respond by saying this, and it was like always that same like three like three paragraph three idea structure yeah. to the point where I started noticing that all three of them were like all of them or like I said the second half of the game seemed to be more varied, but in the beginning of the game it was like it seemed like a cut and paste kind of thing. Yeah, where everything was exactly the same, they just changed some words around. Yeah, but, and like and 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 sometimes it wouldn't even change the words; it would just feel like you're reading the same article every time. Mm-hmm. And so then I got to, then it reinforced the fact that magazines didn't matter. I don't need to pick them up. They're going to say the same thing every time. I actually never saw the same magazine. Like, like structure wise. Yes. But in every chap, I think there was just, there was one magazine, I think in mm-hmm. every chapter yeah. and they were all different. Um, and I read them all. I thought, cause it just gave like, like 
regardless of the formatting or whatever, I feel like it gave additional context to the world, like in terms of political landscape and, and, you know, like you, for instance, learn about how there are no androids allowed in Canada, like long before you ever make the plan to escape to Canada type thing. Um, so I actually found that was pretty interesting just in terms of building the world itself, but through pretty simple I thought, means. I thought androids um, were free in Canada. No, my, my understanding was that they weren't, they, they had, laws against androids oh. like they, androids had not been legalized yet in canada i thought it was, was that they weren't legalized for, i thought it was like I they weren't legalized for sale yeah like they weren't they weren't letting you like it was kind of like um like if we go back to the whole like civil rights and slavery model that this story kind of uses it was like when you go north <laughs> you aren't a slave anymore and so that's the, that was the impression mm. i got about it and then like they were closing down the borders because they had some kind of like political agreement with America about not, they were just, they were not going to deal with whatever was happening because it seemed dangerous because a lot of violence was happening. Like people are rising up and killing each other. Mm -hmm. So they were like, all right, well, no one's getting in unless you have papers. So, which means no androids because mm -hmm. androids can't have papers. Yeah, right, right. I thought there was, and I thought there was a lot of, I thought Kara had a lot of really intense moments like, throughout her playthrough too but it's interesting because they're like everyone had intense moments but hers were really intense but on a really grand, like small scale for instance like like the personal level on a personal level like things like like right from there, there was something i feel like when you're trying to figure out where to oh when you're trying to figure out where to sleep and if you choose the house and there's that crazy yeah. fucking dude and then and he's like whack and then he tries to make you eat like a raccoon a or something like that and it's like it was a rat. a rat yeah like that whole thing was super intense and super uncomfortable uh and then like right to like when you're at rose is it rose is that the she's yeah so you're at rose's house and like the police knocks on the door and you gotta like hide a bunch of shit and then try to answer the question so he doesn't suspect anything like i thought that was really intense and then like the moments where you are um uh like at the amusement park and all those things start breaking the through that, like, was, that scary. was really intense the scary um, yeah the yeah, jerry's yeah. the, the jerry's yeah. ended up being so sweet jerry's yeah and gary's gary is like from fallout where there's a there's like a vault and the only like there's just clones of this guy named gary and all they say is gary um <laughs> i feel like it might have been like a play on that for instance but um and then there was another really intense oh um, at the end of the border i never no, I made forget. it to the border but uh that too but i f <laughs> that too but i feel like there was another i feel like there was several more oh, but there was another one where trying i was to like, oh, just trying to escape crap the the chop shop guy yeah that was terrifying. no not jericho the chop shop the, the, what's the guy oh, the guy who had like the oh, androids yeah, all locked up and like too, you yeah. can choose to like let them go and like the android bear is there and like hiding and shit like that was hard I was like, this is this mm -hmm. is the part where I fail. I didn't die. I was pretty proud. <laughs> yeah, I was terrified that that was going to be the end for me. I felt the same way. I was pretty excited when I didn't die. Yeah. Did you guys get your memory wipe? I, yeah, no. I got it back. Yeah, though. me too. I did not wipe my memory. Wow. I like could not figure out how to escape the memory wiping. And the whole time I was so legitimately terrified inside. I was like, I can't believe I fucked this up. I can't believe I'm going to forget Alice. What am I going to do without Alice? What's the point of even being here? Mm. But then I got my memory back afterwards. Yeah. And that bear fucking attacked that guy so it good. Was good. It made me, it was a satisfying moment. Like, um, have you guys seen the golden compass where there's that uh, yes. fight scene? Yeah. 
dude, that scene. That's what I wanted with this guy. I just wanted that bear to take that paw, and I just wanted him to just whack that head off. That's all I wanted in life. I, so I didn't let the bear out because I thought the bear was going to attack me if I let it out. Um, but I did open the gate where all those like deformed and like experimented on androids were. Mm-hmm. And so those androids just like beat him, like just beat him to the ground and, and just didn't him. stop beating him up. That's yeah. what I did. I yeah, opened just, both. And then the, the androids that were all like penned up ended up murdering him. Yeah. 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 But I wanted the bear to do it. I, freaked, I, freaked <laughs> I didn't remember seeing the bear even pop up again. So if you like, if you let the, if you open the cage, so I opened the cage and then like, I like went out of the room and then I came back and we ended up hiding in that room, Alice and I, and when we were hiding, we got found. And when we got found, the bear co- came to my rescue. Okay. Yeah. I didn't and then found, the bear died. So maybe that's why. And then I was mad that the bear died. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not good at hiding in real life or in video games. So <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, but I just didn't die. It was fine. Right. Yeah, like for me, like I said earlier, like Kara was the most interesting to me in the beginning, but towards the end, it became like my least favorite. And I think mm-hmm. a big part of it was because of the twist that Alice was a android too. And like it didn't surprise me mm-hmm. exactly, but when that was when they treated it like such a big deal, I was kind of like, who cares? Like, what does it matter? Why would this change the relationship? And then like, all the choices afterwards were essentially like, do you stop completely stop giving a shit about her or not? And I was like, after everything they've been through, why is this even an option? And it kind of took well, me out of it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, but I think that kind of speaks to the narrative of the story. Like, why? Like, would you care about Alice? Like, you care about Alice because she's a little girl, and you think like, oh, I need to feed her, and oh, I need to keep her warm, and I need to make sure she's safe, and I need to make sure. But then when you find out she's an android, and those things don't matter really to her and like does she have less worth and that's what that's which is kind of the whole and like and well like while we were while i was thinking about the game and reflecting on it to prepare for the podcast uh a thought that popped in my head that didn't pop in my head while i was playing came across where i thought that a big part of what made um kara's story so important is that it kind of showed a positive relationship between androids and humans being possible and once mm-hmm. it turns out that Alice was an android too, it just kind of took that away. Like now you don't have yeah. a theme anymore of Kara and Alice coexisting and like having a real like family type relationship between android and human. Now it was just back to two androids, which I felt kind of really took away from yeah. what what kind of context they could have given it if they had just kept Alice as a human. But yeah, like uh, and uh, the thing that really took me out of Kara's story is how disconnected and how unimportant it was to the rest of the narrative so which i guess kind of explains why i think kara can die like very 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 early into the game i think she's the first one to permanently die oh really like if you and would that like todd can kill her yeah like while we're on the subject did everybody kill todd or did anyone say spare him i did not kill todd i killed Um, todd i killed todd it seemed yeah it seemed like accidental though like it was like he kind of fell on her he he kind of fell on Kara as she had the gun, and that's when the shot went off. Type thing. Wait, I when had did the you same have a scenario. Gun? Uh, so I so the when you're when you're wandering around the house and cleaning it up, um, oh. and when you're tidying up Todd's room, if you go in the drawer, you note you like see a gun in there, and then afterwards, when the shit's going down, like I ran, like I think he's 
he goes up to Alice's room to like beat her up or something. Mm-hmm. And so I ran up the stairs, but before going to the room, I went and grabbed the gun. Um, and so she oh. had the gun, pulled it on him to tell him to stop essentially. And then that's when he comes after yeah. her. Oh, see, I just, super I just fucking escaped. intense. The whole thing is so intense. I just escaped with her, with her from him. And I just kept me between yeah. him and her. And the whole time. I did the same thing. I escaped, but didn't kill him, but apparently you could run into him again. That's not, that didn't happen to me. Yeah, he apparently. Oh, really? At the very end. Yeah, I ran into him again. Yeah, I ran into him. Um, so uh, I made it to the Canadian border with Alice, and he sees you, and he grabbed you, and so then you have a choice of like how to deal with him. And so I appealed to like because like you, at this point you know that Alice is an android, and you can kind of piece together like his wife left and took his daughter, and all he wanted was a family back, so he bought you and Alice to remake his family. And then, so you convince him that, like, you tell him, like, if you if you rat us out now, if you turn us in, we're going to an internment camp and we're going to be destroyed and Alice will be gone. And don't you want to be a good dad? And he lets you go. I was hoping he would give you tickets so you could get through to Canada. Yeah. That did not happen. But he at least didn't turn right. me into the Gestapo. Yeah, like with mine... Um... Like, for first of all, yeah, Kara could die in that scene. Like, if you decide not to become deviant and you just stand there, he, yeah, oh, really? like, he goes oh. upstairs. Because I, I went through a few of the other paths that I was the most curious about after I beat the after I had finished it. But yeah, he, if you just don't do anything and you don't become deviant, he goes upstairs and beats Alice to death. And then after he realizes he's dead, he, what? in his, in his, like, in his logic, he blames you for it and then kills you too at that's yeah. fucked up. That's like only like second chapter. So I'm if you so like, bad. if she dies at that point, that's like a third of the game that's just completely X'd out from that point forward. Yeah, that's so crazy. I guess, that's so I guess that explains to why her story is so inconsequential to the whole thing. Because if they really wanted a character that can die at any point permanently, I guess that would be their reason for it. But again, like for me, the way my Kara's story played out in the end was that. They ended up getting captured and put in the internment camp because Luther got hurt when they were escaping the uh, escaping Jericho. And even though he was telling us to keep going and escape, we decided to stay and help him help him back up after he got hurt. And then because oh. we were slowed down for helping him, we got caught. So, so what like, happens when you go to the internment camp? So they make you take off your skin. So everybody in the internment camp is just like just like the robot forms, like the like just the silver bodies. Oh, right. And so, like, throughout the whole goal of the internment camp is to stay with Alice, but you get separated and put in separate cages. And it's kind of laughable how easy it is to escape the internment camp because they give you a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of opportunities to do so. But you can either do so without Alice or do so without Luther. And like the hardest, most rewarding one is to find a way to both escape with both Alice and Luther. But yeah, so it's spent it's spent consistently and like constantly getting separated from alice and if you try to find her and you get out of line they'll tell you stop moving or we'll shoot which is what i was talking about earlier when my fucking control stick drifted they said stop moving don't or we'll shoot when i was looking for alice (laughs) and i dropped my control but then the stupid stick kept moving and they shot me so basically the the internment camp scene rewards you for all of the characters you befriended Mm -hmm. so it's like in the internment camp, like out of the thousands and thousands of androids, you're coincidentally put in the same cage as like the Jerry's and the and the oh, deformed the robots Jerry's. from the from the ha- murder house. But they only show up if you save them or if you interacted with them. And so you could use them as like a network and they'll say, 
oh, we've seen Alice. She was here. And then they kind of tell you where to go so that you could get reunited with her. And then and then at the very okay. end, like like I said, it's a it's the easiest it's the easiest um, internment camp to escape from ever, because the first choice, the first time they let you escape, it's just on a truck and you could just jump on the back of a truck, but you'd go without Alice. And then later at the end of the scene, it's like you're in a single file line that's just marching into like a trash compactor, essentially. So you have a certain amount of time to figure out how to escape before you get killed. And um, Luther, again, he's like Luther wants to die. He's constantly telling you to just abandon him. So it's like Luther, Luther gets your attention. (laughs) He wants you to live. And like Luther gets your attention and tells you there's this fence right next to where you're standing. You could just escape through there. I'll distract them. And uh, so you could choose to have Luther distract him and you and Alice escape on your own or refuse to do it so that Luther doesn't get left behind. But then since I had befriended the deformed robots from the house, they were on the other side of the gate. So they weren't in the assembly line or they weren't in the murder line yet or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so they offered to distract the guard. So I accepted their offer to distract the guard. And then Luther and Alice both ran through the gate. But because I got shot earlier, like Kara says, oh, like this, I'm not going to be able to survive with this wound. You guys keep going. And they left without Kara. And she just pretty much immediately dropped dead after right after that. But she like sees them running away as she dies. Mm. And and again, I didn't accept. Yeah. And it's again, I didn't accept that because it was the stupid controls fault and not me. So I went back. <laughs> and so like the only di- the <laughs> main difference is that when Kara starts escaping through the fence, the guard that was being distracted sees her. And even though he had a gun and even though he was shooting everybody up until that point, he physically just walks up to you. And then you get into this big fist fight uh, to the point where if you if you get all of the commands correct, she takes the gun and she takes the gun from him and kills him. And then she takes oh. him. Maybe. It's kind of morbid, but I know it's something that really happened in like the Holocaust, for example. But they basically escaped by uh, jumping into the oh. back of a truck that was full of dead androids. And they just played dead until they got dumped off in the landfill. Oh, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason why I might not have liked Kara's story either, because technically it was the good ending, and they all survived and they all escaped. But I feel like that like, doesn't feel like the getting, good ending. Yeah, like it just shows. It doesn't feel like a good ending. It just shows them getting up in the landfill and just like leaving, and like it doesn't tell you if they escaped to Canada. It doesn't tell you if they found a home somewhere. Nothing. It just kind of ends with them, like you know, they lived, and theoretically, mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, especially with the way it ended with my Marcus where mm -hmm. Android rights were accepted. Mm -hmm. Like there's no reason not to think that they were still able to like, you know, find a home somewhere and be a family or they weren't still able to get to Canada afterwards, but it doesn't show any of that. It just shows them leaving the landfill. So it's like, it was left with this huge question mark in terms of what their final outcome was for mine and whether or not, Mm -hmm. and like I said, it was so disconnected from Marcus's story that, and uh and connor's story that it overall it felt so inconsequential especially with the way it actually ended for me that that's probably why i ended up feeling like it was my least favorite but i have a feeling you guys will have a different perspective since you guys actually got to canada it sounds like and didn't get locked in an internment camp mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's some uh there's some super like i after i finished the game i was watching some of those endings, endings on youtube and like the actual ones when alice and her end up in inside the like it's basically like this box that like ten of them go in, and then there's these robot That's arms that just rip them apart type thing. Like, so the the scenes that like there's there's a few endings where they end up in those and are just like crying and are like I love you, and then they like fucking die. Like that shit is super heavy and super depressing. 
Um, that was not my ending. That was an ending I watched on YouTube. Um, my ending for Kara's story, uh, somehow, uh, Kara and Luther and uh, Alice uh, made it to the border. Um, so they made it to the border. There's like borderline. Everyone's checking papers and all that sort of stuff. Of course, we've got fake passports at that point. Oh, the other intense moment with Kara that I was trying to think of before. You're trying to get to the last bus and they're like, you're running out of time type thing. And so there's like a quick route, which is right through like a guards area. And there's like a longer route. Um, so I chose to go through the quick route because I don't think I would have had time to go the other way. And there's guards there. They ask our papers. They basically start questioning us. And Luther the whole time is like, they're going to know. They're going to shoot us. We're dead, blah, blah, blah. And you're just kind of answering it. And then they're like, okay, go ahead. And like, it just feels like this weight lifted off your shoulders. And then they're like, hey, wait. And then I'm just like, what the fuck? And then you turn around and um, I'm expecting fully to just die at this point. But like, it turns out Alice like dropped her glove or something like that. So the guard just like hands her the glove and then you guys like walk away. And it was like super intense. Um, but yeah, so we made it to the borderline. Um, there is a bunch of other people we know there. Like Rose is there. Um and her son and her son like apologizes for being a dick uh, earlier, which is nice. Um, but then there's some other androids and stuff there too. Pretty much right when you get in, you see an android get caught uh, and they basically just kill him, I think, yeah. like right away. In line. Um, and then like, yeah. Uh, and then at this point, so the line's kind of moving along. Um, there's a few people, depending on your playthrough, I imagine there's some people that offer to like, like create a diversion or create a distraction um, so that you can get through type thing. And so I, and then it's, it's interesting because as this is all going on, like you can kind of see the news in the background that's reflecting what's going on in terms of Marcus's uh, or the, the revolution storyline anyways. Um, but yeah, so one of the, so, and it was like, there was some people that I actually knew that were, <laughs> uh, were offering to, be that distraction and then i think it was like jerry or something like that and i was like i don't fucking know you jerry and so i chose jerry to be the distraction um and so he i can't remember what he does he like freaks out or something and then they all like um like shoot him and stuff and so because one because you give them when you get to the border you give them your papers but then they also Mm -hmm. like scan you for instance and so the papers would have been fine but as soon as they get scanned they're dead and so right before the guy starts to scan them um jerry like freaks out and then like he he just like lets them on through to to kind of get them out of the way type thing and um so they made it to canada they they all survived they had a they had a happy ending they were the they were the trio yeah, in my game that, that I mean, that, that survived, first of all, but it actually seemed like they got where they wanted to go and now will have a happy life pretending to be humans in Canada. Well, <laughs> um, mine was similar, but different. So my Luther died, I think at Rose's house, um, something happened and like, so I, when the cop comes, like he, I... I was doing something and I didn't do something exactly right. And I don't remember exactly what triggered it, but like he's, he finds Luther and like, I think he shoots him. And I think the cop dies at one point too, but I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, and then like Rose is really upset and her son is being really rude. And it's like, this is fucking why androids are awful and blah, 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 blah. And then you and Alice escape and get to Jericho and when I'm at Jericho, one thing I thought was interesting is when I was at Jericho, you're 
like Alice is really sick and you have the option to turn off her temperature regulator thing that gives her fevers and makes her be more like a child. So I turned it off, yeah. right? Because she's sick. Um, and then as soon as like I get to the border at Canada, I was like, oh, we should just flip that back on because at least Alice can get through because she has something that m- mimics being human. But it didn't give you that option, which I thought was dumb because that's a smart idea. Um, yeah. So when oh. I got when I got to the border, like I I don't know how you guys got to Canada. I stole tickets from the lady with the baby. There was like a yeah, I stole tickets from a lady with the yeah, baby, so and I, I felt kind of bad about it. But then again, I didn't. Um, like, did Alice hate you for that? Alice is mad at me, but Alice, I had done everything Alice wanted up until that point, and Alice was getting to Canada, so she needed to deal with it. Um, I hated how temperamental she was. Like the very first, like after you escape the house at first, and it's like you're trying to you find a place to stay. And the money, she won't let you steal money. She, she won't let you steal clothes. That. She's too good to stay in the car. Little shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she ended up hating me. It took me a long time to build my relationship back up with her because I slept in the car. Because I'm like, you don't want me to steal the clothes and the money so we can't stay in the hotel. And you're afraid of that creepy dude. And honestly, so was I, who was, like, squatting in the house. Yeah, I stayed in the house. It was scary. So then I stayed in the car. And then she, like, hated me so much. I was like, there's nothing I can do to please you. I should have just left you at home. I mean, I, I... Right, <laughs> and then you abandoned her when you found out she was an android. <laughs> so, um, but when I was in line, like I see Rose, and like Rose and I made a signal at each other, and we actually could go to the bathroom and talk. And so, uh, my options were to like kind of get an information about what she's doing. She's going to Canada as well. I get like she says that oh, I can go with her to go to her brother's house or whatever. And I say if something happens to me, because I've seen an android get killed in line, that's happened. Um, and I said, if something happens to me, protect Alice. And she says, of course I will. And so then I'm back in line and I'm looking around and I have like no options. I don't recognize anyone. And so I was like, cool, well, I'm going to get to that point and I'm going to die. And so I, I go up to the line and I stand in line and they scan me and I have no temperature and they execute you right then and there. And Alice at that point is standing with Rose. And so it's their turn in line next. And Rose is like, freaking out and alice is so, like looks really sad and the border guy looks at everybody and goes to scan alice but he sees how scared she looks and is just like all right just go through and so they make it to canada and i was sitting there thinking like if my if i had oh, been wow. there with her and she looked scared and sad like that maybe i could have just gotten through too Isn't that some kind of weird though that they would just conveniently not so mad <laughs> i think yeah. that's I think that's how Derek got through too. I think when the other guy sacrificed himself to cause the distraction, Alice got so freaked out by it that the border guy was just like, yeah. "Oh yeah, like yeah. we gotta get well, you like, out of here." So just Courtney, go. did you just not make friends with anybody throughout? I the I made friends or? with Luther, but my Luther died. No, I, I didn't. I didn't everyone kill. Like, I didn't kill anyone. She killed everyone she could for peace. I didn't mean to. Blew I up that mall. smashed one window and then I didn't want to do anything violent. So I was like, oh, I just won't do anything violent. And then I just got yelled at for. Then you blew up an Apple store. No, I drove a car through an Apple store, but everybody did that. Um, no, I just didn't make any. I just didn't do anything after that. And then North yelled at me for not doing anything. And I was like, you're a bitch. Um, the only really bad thing I did was rip that, rip that Android hooker's head off. But. Um, but no, like I, I looked around. I, you mean the one that you killed in the I first mean, place? The one that you shot in cold blood? That was Connor. Cold Android that blood? was Connor, not Kara. They're different people. You have to role play, Derek. Uh, you yeah, can't yeah. metagame. 
Um, but no, you just said the only bad thing you did was that thing. I mean, the, the only time I did anything terrible was when I was Connor. Which was also Connor. So I was just Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Cara, like I tried, like she was nice and she let people go and like she tried to make connections with people and stuff. But like there was, I looked around, I just didn't see any options. So I just went through the line. I think it's really interesting that both in the uh, concentration camp and in the checkpoint that you guys are describing, both of them kind of revolve around being able to ask for help from the people you saw before. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Like, yeah, which is funny because it's like if you make it to the Canadian border, they made it to the Canadian border. If you got locked in the concentration camp, they got they locked. They get in locked in the concentration camp. Yeah. Man, the Jerry's were. So, I mean, but the Jerry's there was like a hundred and fifty of those fuckers. Like they're all the same. Yeah, there's probably like there was one Jerry in that line. Yeah, so one Jerry was. Where are the other ones? Probably in that concentration camp. <laughs> That's true. And in the concentration, he sacrificed camp. all the other Jerry's. I don't think of, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but in the concentration camp, it's like they're communicating with all the other Jerry's that are in other sections to find Alice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty cute. Yeah, so that was the end of my game, and I was um, really mad at it, and then I returned it. <laughs> that was the end. Nice. Uh, my ending with Kara was very different. Um, I, I like, before any of my other people died, I just went to the bus stop, went through that same checkpoint with the... Um, where the guy calls you back to give back the mitten, mm. got to the bus stop, and then it was like, find a ticket. And I'm roaming around being like, I literally don't know what to do right now because um, you can't interact with mm-hmm. anyone. And then finally, Alice talks to the family with the baby, and they end up dropping a ticket. And I was like, oh, yes, finally, we have tickets. And then you're like given the option to give the ticket back or not. And I was like, F no, I'm keeping that. That's ticket. what I did. And then for some reason, you're given a second option. And Alice is looking at you with her big puppy dog eyes. And I was like, okay, well, if this is the only task and they're giving you a second option to give back the tickets, then there must be another way to find tickets. So I gave back the fucking <laughs> oh, tickets. No. And then. It was a it was a bad choice, and they were like, "Thank you, you saved our lives." Blah blah, and I was like, "How did I save your lives? You're a fucking human." Like what? And then um, I was like, kind of trying to keep an eye on where the guards were like scanning people, so that I would like try to get close to the crowd on like the opposite side of where they were. But I like there was no option to interact with anyone, so I don't know how you're supposed to get another ticket. And then at one point, I, like, turn around, and the guards are right there, and they're like, let me see your papers. And I was like, oh, okay. And so it's, like, me, Alice, and Luther, because I did go back on Jericho, and I, like, saved Luther, and then we split up with him, but then we met him again on the way to the bus. And um, and then they, like, look at your documents, give them back, and then scan you with the temperature thing, and then immediately are like, you're an android, get on the ground right now. And it's just like you, or Kara, Alice, and Luther are all on their knees and have guns pointed at their heads. And then you hear gunshots go off, and it, like, blacks out and switches to like the battle scene with North and stuff. 
And so I was like, did they die? Are they just sitting there? Do they go to one of these camps now? Like what is happening to them? And then when my Connor died, my game was over. And I was like, oh, I, I guess Kara died that time then. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, a bleak ending. Just everybody dies. Sure, it was one. I'm pretty sure all of my androids win. died. None yeah. of my androids lived. Well, and it was interesting because, like, then at the end of the game, it was all these, like, news uh, casters being like oh blah blah like yeah. humans have won we've saved the day androids are gone blah blah but I've noticed the like because I've gone back and started again and made some different choices the tone of the newscasters is totally different so now every time I watch a tv or anything it talks about how it like it'll be interviews of people being like you know they say they're robots but like they really just seem like people who are trying to find their freedom and blah 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 whereas before every anytime anyone was interviewed they were like yeah they're like human killers and blah 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 so well it's cool because like i in my in my ending when they have like that final thing they were like detroit has fallen it is it belongs to the androids now and like there's like my Connor died, my Marcus died, my car is dead, Alice made it. Um, so, like, I don't know who's leading the revolution, really. Like, that wasn't very clear. But, like, Detroit fell to the androids, basically. And it's been, like, it's been cordoned off. And, like, no humans are there. They're evacuating all the humans out of Detroit. And that's my ending. That's I mean, ending. it was... I mean, aside from I mean, dying. like, all my androids, all the people I've been following this whole time died. But, like, also, like, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of, like... I don't know what that means. Like androids don't have any rights. It sounds like it sounds very hostile. They're talking about like signing signing treaties with Russia in order to like mm. quell this android uprising problem they had, and that was the end of that was the end of my game. Huh. And I was like, that's really unsatisfying, and I didn't want, but I didn't want to replay it because I was going to have to start all over. I felt and I just did not. Yeah, did and not that's another thing that I kind of don't game. like about the game is that because every aspect of it, yeah. you have to interact with it. You can't like just fast forward if you want to. If you want to just make different decisions mm -hmm. and see what the outcomes are, but totally. you don't want to sit through the entire game again, then like you don't really, huh? I think that's called YouTube. <laughs> well, I think that's I mean, called YouTube. Trophies for that. But I mean, but part of it is like, I want to be able to replay. Right. <laughs> but also I want to be able to like, part of the whole reason of playing it as a game is, and not just watching a let's play or watching a, a mini series is being able to go in and make the certain choices you wanted to make or like readjust the small things you wanted to readjust and replay and see how that went, but not have it like, I, and that's why I wanted to be able to do that as I was going and not have to wait until the very end to replay the whole thing. Cause I mean, like, I feel like that kind of takes, like, it's great that you can see the tree, but I feel like that takes away the concept of why I would want the tree. Cause I can replay, I mean, um, what is it? Papers, please, which I absolutely adore. Um, you have a similar thing where you can make certain choices and you can do certain things and you see different outcomes. It doesn't give you the same detail tree but you can see that there's different options and you have different like avenues you can go through but i have to like replay the whole game every time i every time i die and go to the gulag i have to like start over from the beginning and then just remember like or go back to the tree and go i'm going to start here and then try and see if i can make it past day 59 or whatever it is and it would be nice instead if i could have been like i didn't want to make that decision i really want to play my story this way and be able to retroactively do it right then which is why I was excited for the tree and why the tree disappointed me. So I know you disagree with it, Derek. This is how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. It would be, I mean, it would be nice to have that wrong. option. 
I mean, because I mean, it would be nice to have the option for people like me so that we could do that. And then purists like you could choose not to. Because this whole game is about choice. Wow. Right? That was deep. <laughs> so deep, so full of bullshit. <laughs> um, um, so I, I feel like that's probably... Was there anything else on Kara's what? story that you guys wanted yeah, to about chat it. about? No, or that is that was pretty it. much it for Kara? No, we cool. So I would say... One thing I would probably say, this is pretty long. So what if we post owned the android rights talk to the next episode mm. of the main show because that doesn't seem yeah. super spoilery no um and that just leaves like so we've chatted about this game at length between the regular show between this show obviously there's a lot of discussion based on this game um obviously we've all played this game which is something that rarely happens you have to assign this game a review score out of five what is your review score <laughs> for me let me start sure okay this is a five out of five <laughs> okay, game for Derek. me uh, uh, I mean, I just didn't want you guys to forget about me afterward. Like, I'm not gonna forget stuff. about you. Uh, so this is a this is a five out of five game for me. Um, I could go into you, so. I could give you you know I could give you 13 reasons why this is a five out of five game for me, but I won't because uh, I've already talked about this game for several hours at this point. Um, is that a Fucking love the story. That was a reference. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say is that uh, a reference? <laughs> Loved the storyline. I thought the presentation was just so good. Um, it, it feels like the game that if if all of the polish that is lacking from Telltale games was collected and put into one game, that would this game would come from it. Like this game is so polished. It looks so good. Um, looks vastly better on the PS4 Pro, even though Michaela will Couldn't say it tell looks the, the same. Um, it's it's just like like from the acting at the per, like the performances of the you know actually it was probably the same people that did the voice acting as did the performance capture but um, the the score the audio as a whole the world design everything I loved it. I loved everything about this game I loved how like we all had vastly different experiences and vastly different storylines and vastly different endings playing through the same game like that feels incredible and it's something where like I said before it feels like it's not just forks that lead back to this to the exact same place like this feels like your choices truly matter and I feel like like so many games say that the choices truly matter but I feel like the, the amount of games that that's actually true in is very small, and this is a great example of that, and I loved every second of it. Great answer. No, I'm good. I was just complimenting Derek on his answering skills of his own questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, wait, your turn, Derek. Why, thank you, Derek. Um, but yeah, um, for me, it was like, like I said, it's my favorite Quantic Dream, thank you for <laughs> correcting me, Derek, um, game that they've that they've made. For a variety of reasons, um, from a technical standpoint, like Derek said, there is a lot more polish I felt than their other games. This one, again, the controlling was a lot better. It was a lot more clear on what you had to do most of the time, and which made for a much more fluid and rewarding experience throughout the game. And I just thought the story, for the most part, was really well done. It was a really interesting concept in the turn, because going into the game, I don't think anyone knew that it was going to be about this big revolution and android rights as much as it was like it definitely seemed more like a detective game more than anything going in and so seeing how the characters kind of interacted in different ways with this world that essentially discriminated against them uh, from the, both the perspective of law enforcement from the revolutionaries and from just an everyday person i thought it 
told the story really well and seeing the results of your actions play out throughout the story was a great way to just kind of tie everything together which wasn't always as, as successful as it could have been but overall i think they did a really good job with it they i thought they treated the subject matter with a lot of respect and gravity like some of the scenes especially with the marcus scenes it was like there was a lot of times in the game where i was like similar things like this happened in real life and how would i react to it like that scene that derek and i were talking about earlier where you're just marching and they're just shooting into the crowd and you know that with each step and with each choice is closer to you potentially being shot to death and i had like this whole like introspective thought process while playing that scene where i'm like you know people did this in real life and it wasn't even that long ago like Mm-mm. 50 60 70 years ago like a lot Not of our even. parents and grandparents uh-huh. were alive when that was happening and i'm like i'm struggling to decide when it's time to continue and when it's time to run away in a video game like imagine what this was like <laughs> when people were really doing this yeah and, yeah yeah so like like it wasn't if i were to assign it a score it'd be a four out of five because it wasn't you know it like i said it had a lot of areas where i thought it could have been better like some of the story scenes were really rushed and unearned and i thought Kara overall was relatively unimportant and considering she takes up a third of the game that's a pretty big chunk of the game to be unimportant but like with that said like the interactions the acting like you were saying derek are all really well done and the overall narrative i thought was really really good and i really hope to see more games tackle subject matter like this going forward mm-hmm yeah, I think like almost more than more than anything, there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about, and and so much of it does feel so real, which I think makes that even more like the gravity of it all. Like you said, is like it's just crazy to think about a lot of this stuff, and a lot of it is very allegorical for real world events that yeah happened a lifetime or two ago. Like it's insane, or even today, yeah, in some cases, yeah, yeah totally, right? yeah, which is um, yeah, it's crazy to think that we're living in a world where we don't know what the possibilities of how far things will go are in like the world directly around us. That seems crazy to me when we spend so much time learning about and talking about and thinking about the horrible things that have happened in our history. And, and here we are and who knows how things are going to go in the future. But I really appreciate that this game has us having these conversations and has us thinking about these things and thinking about rights of different people and different races and and confronting these issues in a way that feels safe and doable and um, approachable for um, the people who may not necessarily be talking about that kind of stuff. Um, and I think as a game overall, it just is really interesting and really beautiful. I do often critique the fact that like when the characters are talking and stuff, they don't look human enough. They look animated mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But in all realness, like it is a beautiful game and the faces and the bodies and everything in especially it. Especially that Marcus's body. Oh, especially <laughs> that Marcus. <laughs> And then he's got two different colored eyes. Damn. Um, but, oh, my God, uh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's just so interesting to me that that a game that a game 
a, literally a, that a video game has captured my attention this much, has generated this much conversation that I feel engaged in and um, that a story can be told in uh, such a way that people can engage in it so easily um, from so many different levels and in so many different ways and it can be so personalized. I don't know. I just, I think it's really interesting that it's even possible to do that. And I cannot imagine the amount of work that went into planning this game and creating it and um, writing these stories and how much work like each of us will never see because we choose a certain storyline and then we never see all of this other stuff that happens. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would say I would give it a four and a half out of five. Um, there was definitely like some of the camera stuff was awkward and, you know, it was annoying when you tried to choose something and actually that meant something else. And, you know, everything has its little quirks that are imperfect, but leaves room for improvement. And hopefully there will be other games that come from this company that, uh, that are, similar and totally different all at the same time in the future just have to wait like four or five more years her (laughs) well this is the the part of the show where i i get fired um (laughs) no one's ever gonna want to play or talk to me about games again um because i mean no you guys are gonna fire me after this because i think all of your guys's points are valid i think that the message of this game was amazing and i think that the like the conversations that it's driving is important but from a perspective of playing it as a game um with the problems that i had with it and the experience that i had playing i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy playing it i felt rushed and railroaded a lot and i had a lot of problems with controls and camera angle stuff and i didn't get all the story that i wanted to but also I didn't feel invited to come back and replay the different avenues and it made it hard for me. And it's a gorgeous game. It's a gorgeous game. And I loved a lot of aspects of it besides just the fact that it was beautiful. I really enjoyed the parts where Connor, like I said, was Connor was doing the detective work and like getting into the nitty gritty there. And there were, I, I love the relationship between Cara and Alice, but I didn't enjoy the game. Like it, it just didn't, it didn't grab me. It didn't like a lot of it felt kind of forced for me. And so, like, I feel like an asshole because you guys have made such beautiful comments about it. But for me, like, the game wasn't wasn't great. And I would, I wrote down a number. I'm going to tell you what it was. I was going to change it because I sound like an asshole, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm giving it a two out of five because it's a beautiful game and I respect what it's doing. I just don't think for me that it it was a it wasn't a game for me. It wasn't a good game for me. I didn't like it. You're fired. You're uh, you're as cold as your Connor character. I mean, was. I'm very, I'm very invited. Hey, Josh, I'll see you next week for this uh, show. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and and when we're at Comic Con, make sure Courtney stays far away from strip clubs. You don't know, you don't know what she's gonna do when she comes oh, across the second. I don't. I w- okay, guys, oh, no. guys, come on, you know me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, all in all, in all honesty, it's just like like obviously reviews are very subjective and people are going to love things that other people do not. It's just like um, your opinion, man. So the best thing to do is make up your own damn mind. 
and in this case you did and it was a different mind yeah. than others and that's I also totally didn't cool. well and I appreciate that you're willing to have a different point of view about it Courtney because honestly if I had had the experience you had where it felt like a decision was made for me that totally changed what I would want out of the game I feel like that would have had a huge impact on me if I wasn't enjoying the storyline that I was being forced to play through I I feel like I would just choose yeah. not to play. I mean, it, right? and that's been so that's pretty much I my complaint that. with any game I don't like. It's usually because I feel railroaded, or like, like you're for yeah. like that's why I didn't like uh, Dragon Age Two. That's why I've had some problems playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's just because when I so you only like Skyrim. No, I like I like plenty of other. I mean, I love God of War. God of War. You don't have a whole lot of choices, but. The story is amazing, and I didn't, I didn't feel like I was being railroaded the whole time. I felt like I was experiencing the story. This one, mm-hmm. I'm ma- trying to make choices, and I'm trying to do what I want, and I'm trying to experience a story. And I feel like I'm rolling that ones left and right, and the DM is giving me bad, bad rules, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I, like, I didn't think of God of War one time while I was playing I this game. Like, God of War disappeared until I played through and finished this one, and only came back to it today. And it was very hard to click the button on God of War versus replaying wow. the last. Yeah, no, I'm totally different for me. See, like, I've um, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn and like thinking about playing to see to go talk to Atreus again because I really I don't know I love that story I love that dynamic so but this one this one just like I I don't know if I was looking for something between Kara and Alice like I had between Kratos and Atreus but like it wasn't it wasn't there for me and then like i just felt like a lot of it was really forced feeling and i i didn't enjoy it terrible cold-hearted bitch that's a tough i know well and i think it's funny that derek and i have completely different opinions on the on two games i think it's funny too (laughs) because i feel like in the first half of the game Mm -hmm. i was more on courtney's end because like i mentioned on the main show like in the beginning i was i literally couldn't stay awake playing it it was so like the beginning to me was so boring and it was around the time that you got to the android yeah, yeah. graveyard that <laughs> I like woke the fuck up because that part was so insane. And the game just picked up more and more and more after that to the point where I was <laughs> leaning more towards Derek's side by the end of it, even though I started more on Courtney's side of it. Yeah, and see, mine, I was really into that game <laughs> all the way through about until the end, after just after when you when you go to Jericho. And then, and then after that, it started to fall off for me and I felt... Like I wasn't, I wasn't actually making choices and I got frustrated. So, well, very different opinions on the, on the game, but I think we can all agree that like the message is great. I just, for me, the delivery. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's it for Detroit Become Human. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about it anymore, except for Android <laughs> rights, maybe next week. I mean, I you're mean, going, I you will. and Mika are going to be, <laughs> are going to be some, Michaela's probably going to go right. finish there replaying it right now. <laughs> um, but yeah. So as always, you can find us um, at geekscape.net on SoundCloud or your podcasting app of choice. We have our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Geekscape Games. Derek, where can we find you? Uh, so I'm at Dcranervelt on Twitter, and I am Captain K17 across gaming platforms. Uh, also, if you want to read, if you want to uh, get more Detroit Become Human content, uh, Michaela loves this, <laughs> loves talking about this game. She wrote about three thousand words on her experience with the uh, with the game that just went up on the site earlier today. So 
Um, if you're into anything she said tonight, there's probably way more of it in that article awesome. there. So, and now I could go read it because I wanted to be surprised what she said today. Yeah. So I didn't read it yet. Same. I didn't read it on purpose. <laughs> oh, I didn't nice. read it on Good purpose call. for the same reason. Good um, strategy. Um, uh, if you want to find me, you can find me uh, at Mika Max three oh nine on whatever. <laughs> That's on video games. On all of the things, except for Twitter, because I don't have <laughs> and that. And Josh? I'm, I'm at Inu Joshua across all social media and gaming platforms. And if you want to find me, Twitter's probably best. I'm at AK Geek Girl. And uh, yeah, that's probably best. So that's it. We're done. All right. No more. Yay. <laughs> we're done just Until like those strippers oh, were at the Eden Club. It's decapitated <laughs> I don't. I feel gross. <laughs> Oh God! Like I did not. I'm just gonna. I just want to clarify. I didn't feel good about that. It was just what I felt was my only choice. <laughs> oh God! How did you not like this game? It's like, what other game are you gonna be able to make a decapitated hooker talk to another dead hooker? Dungeons and Dragons. It's gonna <laughs> happen now. I'm going necromancer for my next character. Anyway, all right. So that's it, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. It's okay to say you got a weak spot You don't always have to be on top